Ladies and gentlemen, we are live. We are back here in the Robert Allenby studio. Welcome to the Sports Detention Potty. We're here, mate. We are here and we are live. Hello to everyone out there. Well, we're live. Like, we'll always be live when we record. But for those of you who are listening at home, you're not live. No. <laughs> it doesn't matter. You get what we're, where we're coming from, yeah? yeah? You, uh, love you love it. Yeah, wouldn't have it any other way. Uh Mate, big week in sport. It's oh. um, I it's it's been big, but it's been different. Mm. Rugby league is sort of you know it's not taking centre stage in terms of volume like no. it did in the uh, regular season, but still big news around rugby league. But uh, yeah, a lot of other sports are stepping up to the plate. Certainly are, mate, and we will not miss them. No. The citrus trees are flowering. Mate. Oh, mate. We're getting into Stop the spring. It. We're getting into the spring. I do love the spring. So, Except for my hay fever. <laughs> no, no, I mean, get the Zyrtec out, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. Not sponsored, actually, but no. Zyrtec, if you want to throw us a, you know, throw us a bone, wet our beak. We'll look after you. Absolutely. Should we, get into, should we get into it? Mate? Let's roll. Let's do it. We're here, mate. We're live. We're on. We are rolling. Rolling. Um, mate, what has caught your eye this week? It's, like I said, it's been a massive week of sport, but um, there's there's got to be those those things that stand out for you, mate. What are they? Yeah, the thing that stood out for me, mate, was a bit of a good old-fashioned heartbreak in sport. Look, I, I threw you a message, mate, and at the time when I first saw this, and sometimes, it, and the message said sometimes it just doesn't go to script. Mm. Aaron Rodgers. Oh, mate. So, Gut-wrenching for the, the long-suffering New York Jets fans. Yep. They've, oh. he, they've got him to pack up home and he's over to he's over to the Jets. He's left Green Bay after an illustrious career and he's torn his Achilles in the first game. Yeah. And that's, yeah, season gone. Mm, yeah, and, and it's almost like he knew straight away. Oh, like, yeah. yeah. He was Look, in strife. I've never done an Achilles... But from what I've heard, nobody wonders if they've done an Achilles when they do no, it. No. It's um, quite painful. Runs up your leg like the old, the tongue from the old oh yes, yeah, um, Bugs Bunny cartoon character. Good old banjo string. Just banjo going. string. Um, you know, so that was tragic and we feel for you, uh, Aaron Rodgers. You are a dead set legend. But I've got a, people have asked who's going to replace him. And have you heard the rumours, mate? Few people throwing reckon? it out there. The GOAT. Not no. Tom Brady. Well, yes, that's right. I thought you were going to go Nathan Lyon. <laughs> oh, I was going to say no, Tom Brady. Tom I, Brady. Yeah, I have. Uh, in terms of goat status, he mm. he'd, he'd be up there. He'd be up there, mate. Look, I don't know that um, any there's any sort of um, uh, I, I suppose substance to this rumor, but you know, could you get him there? I mean, wouldn't that just be the final tick? I don't want to burst your bubble, Potty. Yeah. But if Aaron Rodgers has anything to say about it, it ain't going to be Tom Brady. It ain't going to be you Tom Brady. You ain't going to give your one year and your chance to bring a Super Bowl to the New York Jets. You're not going to let Tom Brady come on in and take over the reins on that. There's no chance. No chance, Lance. But 
I I do. Um, yeah, obviously it was it was a big story, mm. but I mean the introduction nine eleven. Aaron Rodgers running out with the American flag. Oh, you know there was no better start. Like I I mean, like you said when you said it didn't go to script. Like there was no better start of the game. He's run out with the American flag. And like, he looked like a wild stallion running yeah. out there. Look, we're going to touch on uh, American sport a few times throughout the course of this podcast tonight, mate. But d- they do it better than most, don't they? Ooh, absolutely. Yeah, as far as the spectacle, as far as the show. They, ju- they just get it, don't they? And um, another story that, or, or storyline that came out of that, that news was um, apparently they've got a, a young wide receiver. I, I can't for the life of me um, remember his name. But the story has it that as Aaron Rodgers were getting carted off, mm. he turned to this young fella and said, sorry, dude, I'll let you down. Oh. Because he knew that this kid coming in in his rookie season, an absolute gun, was going to be getting fed by one of the best of all time. Mm. And it was going to be a breakthrough season for him. So he felt as though I've let you down. I'm not going to be here. Sorry, kid. I'm, yep. I'm not going to be here to give you, you know, the service that you need. So it's, yeah. Top bloke. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, so um, where to for the Jets? I don't know. It's not going to be Aaron Rodgers this year. And I, was his contract just a 12-month contract or? I'm not too sure. It was. Uh, there was a lot of guaranteed money in there. I think there may be a player option for a second year. Mm. I'd have to double check that. But, um, yeah, I... I can imagine he's going to come back better. Yeah. You know, he's he's 39. Like you said, Tom Brady played till he was 45. Yeah. You know, I I can't see Aaron Rodgers... Signing off. Yeah, signing off like that. Yeah. We can't wait to see you back. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, he's, he's one, of the, one of the good guys. One of the good guys. And I've said it before on the podcast, there's nobody who does an away day in Texas like Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> when he turns up and Google it, ladies and gentlemen, go and check it out. Aaron Rodgers rocking up to Texas on an away day. <laughs> the best outfit ever. Oh, loving it, mate. Loving it. So, mate, what, what's caught your eye? Mate, um, speaking about goats um, and obviously spin bowlers, you, you mentioned Nathan Lyon. Uh, look, another spin bowler, probably the second greatest of all time when you talk about leg spin for Australia, Stuart McGill. Shuey, 200 Shuey test McGill. wickets, I reckon. Mm, yeah. yeah, and I mean, we oh. were blessed at the time. Oh. Not only did we have the greatest, the king of spin, Shane Warne, but we had Stuart McGill chomping at his heels. Oh, he did. Yeah. Glorious times for Australian cricket. Now, um, things, uh, well, they're not really as glorious for Stuart at the moment. Um, I mean, Stuart, he's obviously dabbled in the restaurant game. You know, he's um, you know a bit of a culinary expert. Yeah, the rumour used to go about that um, when everyone was having a beer celebrating the game, he'd have the glass of Shiraz out. So, mm. um, yeah, a man of taste. Didn't, didn't mind the finer things in life, Stewie. Yeah. Now, um, talking about finer things in life, Stewie, uh, you've heard the story in recent times of him being kidnapped. Yep. Well, um... Stuart McGill has been arrested this week in relation to a cocaine supply ring. Oh. And my thoughts about this news coming out was, but of course. Yeah. 
But of course, oh. it is the the unraveling story has continued to unravel, which has resulted in now a connection between or an alleged connection between Mr. McGill um, and this cocaine supply ring that was going around. The one that he was involved in when apparently he got loaded in the boot of a car. Yep. I mean, you don't load people in the boot of the car for shits and giggles, do you, Potty? No, no, mate. There's, no, mate. Yeah. Where there's smoke, there's fire. Yep. And, um, look, I, I've been reading up and doing a bit of research. Obviously, I, I was well aware at the time about the police reports and the fact that um, there was no inkling that, that uh, Stuart McGill was involved in any of it at the time. Um, however, this is now, there's been more evidence come alight and there's been charges that have been laid. So that's probably where we'd have to leave it as a legal standpoint at the moment. But of course. But of course. <laughs> like, yeah. at the time you're just reading it, you're just like, look... And I've watched my fair share of First 48. I've watched a lot of mafia documentaries. I've watched American Gangster when, you know, kingpins turn up with a fur coat and things start going bad for them. You don't want to draw attention to yourself if you're a bad guy, do you, Potty? No, you don't. (laughs) I would put the question to you, would throwing the second greatest spin bowler Australia's ever seen leg spin bowler, my apologies, in the back of a trunk and driving him out to the greater west of Sydney in said trunk, would that be bringing a bit of heat? Yeah, I'd say mine. (laughs) I'd say say that might uh, turn a few heads. So my spidey sense went a bit around, you know, it started pricking up to this and I'm thinking, well, Stewie's, he's probably knee deep in this stuff. Deny, 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 but... You know, it is starting to allude that there may be more to the story. Ah, uh, yes. Well, yeah. <laughs> Can't say I'm falling off my chair in shock. Oh, mate. And I've, I'll allude to it a bit more in this podcast. And you know, you, you've known me long enough now that, you know, I've got a pretty good bullshitometer. Mm. You know, I can, you know, and I, I don't you mind, I don't mind calling it as it is, but. Mate, I could have called it on day dot that Stewie, (laughs) you know, Stewie was, he was ears deep in the issues, you know, and apparently it was just, he was just giving a restaurant recommendation to some well-paying customers at the time. That's right. And things just went south for him. Yep, nobody thought that at the time. <laughs> no, but uh, we'll let this play out in court, as we say, you know. Allegedly. You, yeah, allegedly, and basically, you know, innocent until proven guilty. Correct. But Correct. we're not idiots. No. <laughs> we are not <laughs> stupid. Okay, uh, mate. Well, speaking of stupidity, is that a good segue? No, it's probably not. We're going to get into the rugby league. <laughs> we'll get into the rugby league. <laughs> Should we get to the footy, mate? Let's do the footy. The rugby league final was a big Wembley occasion. Oh, get that in here. Well, mate, a jam-packed weekend of footy, wasn't it? Oh, yeah. <laughs> not really, actually, <laughs> no. Not no. Really. Two so, matches. Two matches, mate. Finals time. So week two of the finals saw uh, the Knights and the Chookies bow out. It's different, isn't it? Like mm. you, you just – there's that 
everlasting thirst for rugby league. Yep. But then when you turn, you know, to the week that was and you go, well, it's two matches, you know, it's, uh, yeah, there's... So it can be hard to get up for. It certainly can. It certainly can. Let's talk about getting up for it, though. The Waz. The Waz. Oh, yeah. Up the Waz. And, you know, I think everyone, um, even bitter, twisted Parramatta fans, can um, enjoy what's going on at the Waz at the moment. You know, mm. they, they the couple of years that they've had. Do you know that was their first final there in 15 years? I, I had read that stat, yeah. yeah. Um, it's... Yeah, it does. So that's predating their grand final appearance in 2011. Yeah, wow. So unbelievable. First final in 15 years. So well done. Yeah, I, I would have known it was, yeah, it was Cleary times when they uh, when they last had a home final. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, um, yeah, going back to 08, unbelievable. When I think they knocked off Melbourne in the first round of the yeah. um, uh in that incredible upset when back in the uh, McIntyre system, the old eighth versus oh, first. Oh, that's right, <laughs> yes. Well, I mean... It just had to be though. I was I was pretty pumped about when the Warriors got through. In they that obviously you know when they lost against Penrith, but they got through to play their own home final. Mm. I was pretty pumped about that. Obviously, not only the Panthers winning, but I I just knew it was going to be a bit of a scene over there, mm. and they turned it on the the Warriors fans. I I love you know I'm. You know, I've got a soft spot for the Warriors. Always have. You know, I just love even going back to the. You know, the Warriors of the early 2000s, 01 through to 03, where they were just the Harlem Globetrotters yep. of, of the NRL. You know, when you had players like Gooden Burl, Lau Titi, Stacey Jones, Monty Beetham, like they're just absolute legends of New Zealand rugby league running around in the same team. Ivan Cleary. Ivan Cleary playing at fullback. Yeah. So I noticed all the pictures of Nathan coming yep. out now with, the, yeah. with his Warriors gear on. <laughs> Just on Stacey Jones really quickly, if, if anyone ever wants to see one of the great grand final tries, go oh. on YouTube and look at Stacey Jones' try in the O two 2 grand final. Yeah. That is up there with one of the best tries you will see in a grand he final. W- he was a very, very good eyes-up player, he was. Stacey Jones. Fantastic. Um, you know, so just get for them to have that opportunity to play at home, I thought it was great. Um, yep. Was it Shui Vasa? You know, they've, yep. they've had a really good... Um, They've had a really good sort of momentum and, and home following this year. So, I mean, long may it continue because I think it's great for rugby league in New Zealand. Definitely. And uh, the Knights, looked they'd won 10 in a row and it just looked like they were done. Well, it's uh, a tough place to go. Like, oh, that, you, you know, to go over to New Zealand yep. um, and play the Warriors. Yep. And they were beaten out of the – they were beaten to the jump. So yeah. uh, well done to the Warriors, forty to ten. A bit of a touch up in the end, and um, yeah, it, everyone was. Um, I I still don't, you know, from watching the match, I don't think it represented a forty to ten scoreline. I think the Knights were in it for longer than that would indicate. Mm. Um, but yeah, obviously they were limping in with a few injuries and yeah. the like. So and yeah. Sean Johnson, wow, yeah, well done, Shawnee J. Yeah, so you'd have to be, geez, you'd have to be close to that Dally M. You'd, be, you'd have to be one of the favourites. Yep, yep. You mm. called it a few weeks back, mate. Yes. Um, Friday night. Um, I unfortunately, well, I, I was fortunate at the time, was playing my over 35 soccer grand final as the uh, Melbourne Storm were playing against the Roosters. How'd you go, mate? No good. No good. No good. No, uh, yeah. Well, well moving, moving on. Always next um, year. <laughs> 
but um, yeah, I sort of I caught the end of it, um, and then obviously I, I was able to watch the replay the next day. I I thought the Roosters, you know. I, I had it put to me in terms of who would I prefer Penrith to play mm. and you look at it and you go, oh, well, Melbourne, you know, just their consummate professionalism that they've shown over a long period of time. But, I mean, if the Roosters had got through that game, man, they're coming through with nothing to lose. Yep. Like that's a dangerous football team as well. So, you know, I'm, you know, Penrith's got to beat one of them. Um, I think, yeah, it would have been interesting had the Roosters have held out to win that match. But, um, you know, Melbourne got through and, and they'll come up to Sydney this week and uh, and try and book a, their place in the grand final. So the big talking point for coming out of that match was um, not the result and unfortunately wasn't the uh, try right at the death to Melbourne to, to who scored with one minute to go. Uh, it was it was Ashley Klein and uh, a couple of errors he made, one in particular. Did you catch it, mate? Uh, which one was that, mate? So the knock-on by Harry Grant. Where no, I didn't. I didn't get that one. Sorry. So it was an, it was an absolute shocker. It was a clear knock on, sitting at home in the um, just watching it live. Oh yeah, yeah, yes. straight yeah, away. Sorry, my apologies. I did catch that one. Yeah, and no challenge. Uh so the play didn't stop. Yeah. So it um, uh, it just get up, play the ball, and, and and play on. But the the really big problem for everyone was sitting in our living room. I was like, oh, that's a knock on. It's a knock on. And the commentators go, oh, knock on. Oh, he hasn't called it. He's got up, he's played the ball. Mm. And they've given him the benefit of the doubt. And you've gone back and you've seen the replay, clear as day, knock on. But the problem was Ashley Klein could not have been in a better position. He was standing, like the camera shot showed yeah. him, standing right there looking over it. So unfortunately for him, uh, it, it looks like he's, not being given the nod this week for yeah. the preliminary finals, and it's and it's a poor time to make that type of mistake mm. if you want to be involved in those big games. Yeah, and if you don't ref the prelim finals, I don't think you're ref in the GF. Mm. So um, that was the big talking point coming out of it, uh, and it was a big talking point because the Roosters would have had another set on Melbourne line, and mm. rather than that, Melbourne marched it downfield, got a penalty, scored a try. Yeah. So uh, look. Obviously, Trent Robertson would say should have been better, should have tackled, and you know it wasn't. They still had to go ninety meters and score, but that's a bad, bad error. But privately, he's probably going. Yep, we've 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 had one against us on that. We've yeah. had one against us, and uh, yeah, yeah. The Chookies, the they don't get too many against him. Well, no. hang on, hang on, hold on. We we spoke about this. Every side doesn't get him against him, mate. No. Um. So that sets up a couple of... And at the end of the season, now we have the prelim finals, the top four teams. We've got um, Penrith playing the Storm, and we've got um, the Broncos taking on the Warriors. Look, I'll I'll be very surprised, Grego, if Penrith and Broncos don't win comfortably. I I can see it being... That would be where the smart money would be. Yeah, for me... 13-plus for, for both teams. Wow. Yeah, I can see it actually being a lot more than that. Look, um, without trying to, you know, carve open wounds of previous time, mate, I remember back in 1999, the Cronulla Sharks minor premiers mm. came into the grand final qualifier on the Sunday 
and had their pants pulled down by an absolute Chock Mundy Nathan Blacklock show. Yep. Dragons went through to the grand final. But the night before, the unfancied Melbourne Storm made their first grand final in their second season by knocking off. Who did they knock off? Oh, I can't remember that game. The the Parramatta Eels. Yeah, I don't remember anything. So it has happened before where the two teams who were not fancied at all have come in and just knocked off the two favourites because that was, you know, 99 was always going to be a Sharks Parramatta grand final once the finals, once I believe the Eels beat the Broncos. And I can't, you're right, it does happen. And I can't believe I'm bringing it up, but you know, 2005 when the West Tigers came in and, and beat the highly fancied um, uh, Dragons. St. George Illawarra, yeah. And, and then the Cowboys. Well, <laughs> murdered. Why am I doing this to myself? <laughs> Parramatta 29 nil. Ah! <laughs> uh, why does it always end like this? Uh, Well, I mean, so to be the fancied favourite, ladies and gentlemen, gamble responsibly, put your house on it. (laughs) I feel like I've lost on the other end as well, though, when we've been not the fancied favourite. Come on, give me one. Uh, I I think, you know, don't be surprised. Don't don't just switch the TVs off and say, I'll check the scores later this weekend. Get get around, watch the game, because we could be in for a surprise. We could be. We could be. I doubt it, but we could. Yeah. We oh, could. <laughs> that'll, that'll get chopped up. <laughs> Actually, I might make it a bit even. I might give um, the Warriors and um, and the Storm a chance, and I might put two of my three-leg multi on the Broncos and Penrith to win 13-plus. So, well, that's, well, there you go. that's not going to happen now. There so. you go. <laughs> that's how it works. They're in with a sniff. The kiss of the multi. The kiss of the multi. Um. Mate, so sp- speaking around the traps, mate, the uh, the Prime Minister's 13 has been named. Mm. Uh, did you catch the squad, mate? There's a few interesting additions to that, just yeah. for those who aren't in the finals anymore. Um, I was pretty interested to see um, Khan Pereira yep. get a well-earned jersey. He's had a, a massive back end of the year. He's been, you know, absolute, you know, he's been barnstorming for the for the Titans. He's... You know, on the on the Billy Sting, he's been finishing really well. Um, yeah, doing a great job. I think it's a well earned jersey. And for our listeners who might not be aware, the Prime Minister's thirteen is 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 meant to be a, a development. Yeah, game. it's yeah. a it's a selective side. It's yeah. similar to Barbarians style. Yeah. Um, obviously, there are players who you know would be on the cusp of an Australian jersey who get selected in there, or those who are established, such as Daly Cherry Evans. Mm. And uh, Ben Hunt and the like, um, but as I mentioned, Alafiana Cowan Pereira he gets a start. Um, Zach Lomax in there as well, but also to Tyrell Sloan from the Dragons, which is I think it's a, a decent shout for him. And um, I'm happy to see Reese Robson get a get an Aussie jersey. I mean, yep. be it a Prime Minister's jersey because I think coming out of the back end of that Origin series, he played really well. And um, yeah, it shows that he's still in the in the discussions around you know Australian selection. Definitely, and if I'm um, a Dragons fan or a Titans fan, uh, I'm stoked to see Sloan and Khan Pereira getting a bit of time with Mel Meninga, and mm. you know a little little bit of a taste of that rep jersey. I think it can only be a good thing for those young kids coming through. Absolutely, and it's and it's a decent squad, you know. Like like I mentioned, um, Cherry Evans, um, Ben Hunt. 
you know, Ruben Cotter's in there, Tommy Dearden, Tino. Mm. You know, it's a, it's a decent side. Nico Hines gets a gets another sniff at a rep jersey as well. Cameron Murray, you know, so it's it's not a bad side, Hammer. Yeah. You know, so you you wouldn't be complaining being selected in that in that no. side. So it's yeah, it's a pretty good mix. Um, look, the Prime Minister's eleven. Um, I enjoy the concept. However, um, really to take it to the next level, I think Albo should be coaching it. Mm. You know, the Prime Minister's eleven. Should yeah. uh, uh, sorry, the Prime Minister's thirteen. Yeah, my my apologies. I said eleven a couple of times. Um, the Prime Minister's 13. I think Albo should coach. Yeah, mate. i got no drama with that at all. Yeah. And he needs a couple of assistants. Well, I know I know a few guys. Yep. A few well, turkeys. Yeah. <laughs> we'll step up. Um, yeah, so that'll, that'll be an interesting run around playing against PNG. Yeah. Um, yeah. A lot of the players from PNG coming from, from the Queensland Cup side and, and some established internationals. So. And the PNG fans, they love it. They love it. Oh, national sport over there. National sport. Yeah. And I know um, big fans of the Sports Attention podcast as well. Oh, so. they would be, mate. Shout there. out. Shout out. Yes. Uh, one of my good mates represented PNG and, you know, I always loved the stories about how... Yeah, he just is a young young boy from Penrith who went over there and felt like a rock star. <laughs> <laughs> how good, how good. Yep, so, yeah, great to see those youngsters getting a go. And, um, you know, it's certainly an indication that they're expected to achieve high rep honours in the future, isn't it? Mm. Now, mate, what else is in the news? All right, so um, Penrith uh, CEO... Brian Fletcher mm. has uh, been in the news this week and he's uh, he's made calls for there to be neutral venues for preliminary finals. Yeah, uh, specifically pointing out that it's an advantage to a team like the Brisbane Broncos. Yeah. Yeah. What are your thoughts on that? Um, when I saw this in the notes, I wasn't sure whether you were talking about Brian Fletcher, the CEO of Penrith, or Brian Fletcher, the Fox Sports guru <laughs> who <laughs> likes to do silly stuff with Nathan Hindmarsh. Fletch. Um, both, you know, have a valued opinion, I mm. must say. Let's let's not get it twisted. Um, look, I can see it. I, but, but at the end of the day with the Broncos, like, you know, Suncorp's the stadium. Yeah. You know, I, I get where you're sort of saying, oh, well, it's a home ground, this, that and the other. But at the end of the day, if the home ground is the best stadium that you can offer for the punters of Brisbane to or those travelling in to go and watch a game of rugby league, I, I don't have too much of a problem with it. Yeah, oh, yeah I, I found it really strange. I, I, I don't understand why... Um, yeah, I mean, I, I, I don't, didn't do enough research in order if I'm being fair. I don't know whether he was directly asked about it. I don't know whether... Um, he um, chose to, to bring it up and put it yeah. out there. But, you know, I, I don't really understand it. Like, um, you know, okay, well, why don't we do it with all finals then and take yeah. away your first week of the finals advantage, Penrith? I yeah, mean, I, I don't mind. Like, I don't mind the first, you know, rounds uh, being home matches and the like. I think, you you know, there's got to be value in earning that home field advantage mm. in early finals. Um you know, I think if I was a, as a Penrith CEO or in Brian Fletcher's position, um, the difference between travelling to Homebush and travelling to Allianz can be quite significant for, you know, punters coming from Penrith. Mm. You know, it's, it's a you know, short drive up the M4 to get to Homebush. You can get there pretty easy. 
But if you're going all the way into the city, it's public transport. You know, you don't want to be driving your car all the way into Moore Park and, you know, you've got to go into Central, you then got to get off, get the light rail, you know. So it is, you know, if I was making a decision as to going to watch a game live, I'm probably more likely to go to Homebush than I would be to Allianz. However, I think Allianz is probably a better stadium for rugby league finals. Yeah. And, le- you know, than the Olympic Stadium. Which is, I, I found that the Brisbane... Um, the Broncos, like, example is a really weird one, which popped up because where are you going to take them? Well, are you going yeah. to send them to Sydney? Like, it's got to be at Suncorp. So, like, what do you want them to do? Yeah. Play the rest of their game somewhere else or go to a stadium that's got 30,000 less? Like, it's ridiculous. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I don't get it. I, I still, you know, um, I don't mind the idea of auctioning off the grand final. I've, I've spoken about it before. Um, and in that situation where you're auctioning off a grand final and there's no home city home idea it's whoever actually pays the biggest chunk to the nrl to host the grand final whether it's in perth adelaide wherever Mm. you can then justify having home field advantage for finals leading into it because basically if you're one and two you're guaranteed a home city final yeah see i don't know about that either I, i don't mind the tradition um uh, I, I don't mind it being in Sydney. The biggest stadium that we have as far as a, a close to rectangular stadium is um, Homebush. Mm. So, um, look, oh, ha- Allianz is pretty good now, the new but Allianz. But it doesn't have the same size, does it? Not the same capacity as far it as It doesn't have the fans. same capaci- capacity, but in ter- are you talking grand final or are you talking grand just final. final? Yeah, so grand final. Um, when yeah, you obviously get, when you're going to sell it out, yeah, you're yeah. going to go to the Olympic Stadium if you're going to have it in Sydney. But in terms of you know stadium and you know resources, that that new Allianz Stadium's a it's a cracker. Like, yeah, 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 and I, I I'm sure it is. Um, I just yeah, I think selling off the grand final that might get a bit of a stir for a couple of years. I don't know if I don't know if we're copying the American model, I don't know if it would work long term. Yeah. I think about the AFL and, you know, if someone suggested, um, oh, why don't we sell off the um, the grand final? Like, well, mate, you're, you're no longer playing AFL. You've yeah. Been, yeah. But in, yeah, I mean, they're, they're different down there. They are different cats. Anyway, that, that certainly was a, worth a discussion and I believe we've nailed it. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think we came to any consensus whatsoever <laughs> the fact that nobody's going to listen to us. Ah, oh, well. Oh, good. If you want to hear more, get on to us. Yeah, ah. let us know. Let us know your thoughts. Um, we you love know, Should it. it be neutral venues? I mean, regardless of what the consensus is, Manly fans ain't fucking travelling anyway. No, no, no. They don't. They don't, they don't leave the northern beaches. <laughs> um, and if they're winning, if they're not winning, they don't even show up down Mate, there. They struggle to even get out to Foreskin Park. <laughs> oh, mate. Uh, speaking of former Manly greats. You see Big Willie Mason was in the news this week. Yeah, Big Willie, he's having a war of words, isn't he? Yep, with a gambler. Oh, yeah. Yep. I liked Gamble's response, though. Yep, what was that? <laughs> what was Gamble's response again? I think it was just, tell him to get fucked. <laughs> <laughs> that sounded like something Tyson Fury said to Dante Wilder. <laughs> yeah, it was uh, good. It was yeah. good. Uh, you know what? I, I, um, there was a... F- a few little whispers in the media again. Oh, come on, guys. What are we doing? I loved it. I thought it was great. Yeah, I, I saw a, a couple of um, sort of Twitter feeds going, you know, sort of 
commenting on it. Um, those I've, obviously connections within the media, within the broader mainstream media, and they're sort of hammering Willie about his, you know, his takes on his podcast because he has his podcast with uh, Justin Horrow, I believe. Um, I like it. Yeah. You know what I mean? I, I, you know, you get the same thing day in day out with Fox Sports, who yeah. have their, you know, their. You know, well-renowned journalists who run their stories, who play the Fox Sports model, and then you've got an ex-player like Willie who just tells it how it is and gives a bit of an insight on what the life would be like as a footballer for those at home. Um, If you don't like it, you don't have to listen. No. You know, and I think the more the merrier. Yeah, we love love it. Fellow fellow podcaster. Yeah, we're sitting here talking on a podcast now for, you know, whatever listeners will tune in. Like, it's an opportunity and it is obviously a decision for those who are listening whether they consume it or not. Uh, And if you don't like it, oh well. Don't don't listen. (laughs) But, um, yeah, I love it and I I think, you know... Keep listening to us. Yeah, keep listening. (laughs) Like, subscribe. Get the numbers up. Um... I like it. I, I think it brings a different viewpoint. Um, not a lot of people, just like they didn't agree with Willie when he played football. They no. didn't like him. You know, a lot of people didn't like him. But he's out there. He's got his head in the media. He's creating his own platform where he can speak his own mind. Um, I believe he's still working with the Bulldogs Club, yep. you know, in a sort of mentoring role. You know, let him do his thing. And if you don't like it, don't listen. But, you know... Willie, if you're going to call players out and they're going to turn around and tell you to get fucked, then that's how the cookie crumbles. I reckon he would have loved it. Yeah. I reckon he absolutely would have loved it. Yeah. That's what he was after. Hmm. All right. Beautiful, mate. Beautiful. Now, um, while we're um, – we'll come to the uh, next point uh, last of all before we jump off uh, rugby league, but um, a bit of a scare running through the Penrith camp this week. Yeah, look, I mean, a scare. It was – mate, we'll set up. Headline, Panthers rocked as Cleary is taken to hospital for scans. Mm. And so then <laughs> then click into, into the article, you have a good read, go, oh, here we go. And it's just like, yeah, he's expected to play. He's yeah. just wanted to go and check his finger out. Yeah, so I, I've read it in the staff room and I'm um, by the time I've read that part, I'm halfway to your classroom. <laughs> <laughs> oh, hang on. Now, hold on, Al. Pump the brakes, pump the brakes. <laughs> I've actually clicked the link. I've given him the ad revenue and then I've realised that he was never in doubt anyway. It was oh. just, you know. It's got like, me. Got it's me. honestly like clear Panthers rocked as Cleary looks in doubtful for this weekend. Oh, sorry, ladies and gentlemen, Ivan Cleary had a colonoscopy today. <laughs> <laughs> and he, you know, he's walking a bit awkwardly. He may be struggling to sit in the box on the oh. weekend. Classic headline fishing. Nailed it, nailed it. So got me, though. Got me. Yeah. I must hold my hands up. It oh, got, got me, me mate. Yeah. It got me. I was... So. Um, I was uh, going down to check just to, to, to see if you'd read it, <laughs> no. deliver the news. But um, I well, if it was true and it was as it sounded, I possibly would have absconded from work. <laughs> <laughs> well, mate. Um, f- final thing on uh, rugby league for for the week, mate. Before we head into our big pre- prelims, um, coach of the year. So we're heading into the Dally Awards next week. Yep. Coach of the Year would have been decided. Who is it for you, mate? You're, you're in charge of picking the award next week. Who is it? Um, it's a two-horse race. I would suspect that you're going to pick the other horse. Webster, mm. for me. Um, and only purely because 
of where the Warriors were coming out of that COVID period and a lot of questions about the future of the Warriors. Um, you know, they'd taken, you know, such a such a beating in terms of, you know, what they'd given up for the game and they, you know, there was probably that feeling as though they, they you know, the efforts weren't going to be reciprocated from every other club mm. and it was sort of like, well, where to now for the Warriors? Nathan Brown... You know, I, I had held a lot of hope for Nathan Brown going in there and coaching. He'd done a fantastic job in the Super League. It seemed like an opportunity. I, I think he was run out of town probably a bit too early at Newcastle. Mm. Um, and it was an opportunity for him to rebuild. Didn't quite happen. But then, mate, they got the right man in. Definitely, you know. definitely. I, mate, um, and, I, you know, he's come from... He's had a pretty long, extensive um, apprenticeship. He was at the West Tigers and yeah. he um, former player, uh, Parramatta great. <laughs> and um, and uh, obviously, um, you know, bit bit like um, backup halves over at Penrith, the assistant coaches just, you know, as soon as they do 12 months over there, yeah. you know, what a system. They learn so much and he's doing really well. So he, he was my other choice, but I ended up going with Kevy. Yeah, um, look, I and you could put a fair argument there for Kevy as well. Um, like, I mean, looking at where they were when, and I always go back to it because it's funny mm. where they were when Selwyn Cobbo was saying he couldn't coach. Yep. You know, to where they are now, there's no denying that. You know, he's a coach of a team that probably should have won the minor premiership. Yeah. Um, and a one win away from a grand final from a team that was wooden spooners. Yeah. And that's when he picked him up. He picked him up as wooden spooners at the beginning of the 2021 season. Finished maybe, uh, I'm just going to estimate here and say it's 12th or 13th in um, this uh, 2021 season. And then uh, last year obviously fell away badly at the end and finished just outside the eight. And mm. then this year, to bring them from that to where they are now in such a short period of time. And look, you'd have to think... You know, they've had a pretty good run with injuries and whatnot this year, no doubt, but mm. nothing about what you're seeing looks like it's not sustainable to the success that they've had. No, they, they will start to churn over their roster yep. like any successful team does. But I, I think there's, you know, there's so much youth in that mm. squad and in the nucleus of that squad that I, I think there's a couple of years of success ahead of them. Well, Adam Reynolds got one year left on his contract and all reports he wants to go around for another year or so mm. after that. But that's going to be the big thing. That's going to be the thing that Penrith haven't had to deal with. Yeah. Yeah. So, well, well, you know, and and if Adam Reynolds can keep fit, mm. I mean, there's there's plenty of quality in an Adam Reynolds. Yeah. And regarding Adam Reynolds um, keeping fit, uh, I think, there's a bit of a misconception out there that he's a bit fragile and he's a bit um and he's got a lot of injuries. I'm was having a look at it the other day and since he began his first season was 2012. He's only had one season where he hasn't played 20 plus games. Yeah, a lot of a lot of his injuries have have been soft tissue. Mm. He hasn't had your your you know reconstructive injuries whether mm. it be shoulders, knees, you know breaks and the like. It has a lot of you know from this is just completely you know, from the top of my head, has been around his hamstrings, around soft soft tissue injuries. But even they haven't been significant ones. Well, generally, they're, if they're managed well, you're not mm. going to have your season out yep. and the like. So that's where he may have those, you know, small breaks within the season where he is injured, but getting him back on the field, 
you know, often, whether it be at the Rabbitohs and now the Broncos, they've been able to do that. Yep. Yeah. Look, mate, before we move off the coaches, would it be crazy of me to suggest that the next big coach in the NRL is James Webster? James Webster? Ex-Paramatta great. Oh, yeah. Andrew's older brother. Yep. Now, because that's how... That's how CEOs work. Mm. They go, well... (laughs) Andrew's going pretty good. Oh, did you know his brother is actually coaching Featherstone Rovers over in the uh, in the championship over in the UK? Well, get him in. Get him. We've in. got him. Get him a start. So, when things start going downhill for Benji next year, James Webster, mm, Tigers okay. coach. You heard it here first. James Webster. Yeah, uh, could well be. Could well be. Uh, no, lock it in. It's lock not, it in. A, it's Sorry, not no. even a not even a suggestion now. <laughs> it is. It's happening. Has he done any time at Penrith? No, no. <laughs> well, I mean, he could pop through and grab a couple of crispy creams from out the front of the league. He's <laughs> on his way through to the Tigers if he wanted to, and we'll call that a trip to Penrith. Oh, I tell you what. And if um, if I happen to be getting a crispy cream there at the time, I'd offer him my two cents, which he would care nothing for. But I tried him to send, mate, do not go to the Tigers. <laughs> Uh, uh, very good. Righty, yeah, mate. That's uh, that's it from the footy. Yeah, mate. Should we jump into the stream of the week? Stream of the week, mate. Now, we agreed on this. We touched on this last week. We did. Swamp Kings. Swamp Kings. The Florida Gators. What did you think, mate? Mate, I... I was pretty pumped about it. Yeah. I, I sent you a, a, um, a text after the first episode I'd watched, and I was frothing. Mm. You know, I was absolutely loving it. Now... Um, we have spoken about this before, but American sport is just on a different level. But what lots of listeners out there might not really be able to get a gauge over is how big college football is over there. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Now, before you go on to that, if for any of the listeners who want to get an idea of sort of an NRL perspective in comparison to college sports... Gus Gould's most recent podcast, he talks about when he bought over college athletes to play for the Roosters in the mid-90s, and the way he speaks about them just tells you how massive college football is in terms of professionalism and the athletic attributes compared to professional rugby league. Yeah. It was, it's a great yarn. So if you, if you get a chance and you're after something else to listen to this week, go and check out Gus's most recent. It's only a 20-minute sort of additional mm. episode on, on his podcast platform. It's really, really good. Yeah, and um, so Swamp Kings, it, it follows the Florida Gators in the um, Southeast Conference. Um, the SEC. The SEC. And it follows them during a, um, a period of change was from 05 through to 09. Mm. And, um, well, it was, when the, it was on the back of hiring Urban Meyer. Yeah, on the back of hiring Urban Meyer. And, um, and basically it, it spoke about um, uh, their two state, uh, state cha- oh, no, national, national championships, championships yeah. and uh, missing out in 2009 <laughs> after going undefeated throughout the season and uh, then um, uh, losing in the, in the championship match against Alabama, I believe. Mm. So... So just to give a heads up to listeners who aren't sure of how college football works, there are different divisions in college football. However, the BCS National Championship is contested by the two highest ranked teams. Mm. 
So it doesn't mean that they've played against each other and they've no. worked to this system where they play off for a final. It is actually just media rankings where they rank the two teams, but you get ranked on your record and, you know, your side that you have. And, you know, it's basically, and a lot of the time, you know, SEC teams play off for that yep. national championship because they are the better ranked teams. They're more resourced, whether it be Alabama, you know, Tennessee, um, Old Miss is in there as well. You know, the big hitters, you know, the Gators obviously, but um, yeah, some big, big sides play. LSU is obviously another one that plays in there. Yeah, so um, the pressure the players and coaches are under is something that I um, took away from it as well. Urban, oh, yeah. Urban Meyer spoke about, I think it was during his first season, the 05 season, where him and his wife walked into a restaurant um, and, um, and they went to sit down and started getting booed. Yeah. Started getting booed by other people who were there to eat. Mm. I mean, what? It's crazy. <laughs> yeah. It's, um, you know, and obviously, uh, it, we, you know, we, we take the piss out of the NCAA and the college athletics and the fact that the players, the players aren't, play, aren't paid. Um, you know, they're given scholarships and a university degree and whatnot. Yeah. But, um, you know, it's, it's really fascinating uh, how the system of it works in terms of player development and whether that is truly for those very, that small percentage who actually go into the professional game, whether that is the true reward rather than payment for them. Because... College football develops athletes better than anywhere else in the world. Mm. NRL doesn't have that development pathway. The clubs are required to do that with their players and try and do that the best way possible. The NFL, you go into an NFL draft, you are NFL ready yeah. if you're getting picked up because you've been through college systems yeah. and the colleges do the job of getting you NFL ready. So it really puts that sort of that skewed idea of this you know, concept of you don't get paid, you get an education. But for the top-end guys, they're getting paid in being NFL-ready in which they will make hundreds of millions of dollars on the back of. Yep. And uh, these guys in college, they're playing in front of well, how many people in that stadium, hundreds, do you reckon? 100,000. 100,000 people yeah. every week. I mean, it's... I mean, looking at, you know, the walkouts of some of the teams, you oh. know, when, they, when they're coming out to play. Like, it's just fantastic. Yeah, no. So um, it was a really great insight into the um, college football system and the Florida Gators uh, at that particular time. You got to see them um, uh, build up to success and then kind of fall away a little bit. Mm. And um, uh, Tim Tebow, uh, Tim Tebow, star quarterback, who um, Tebow know, time, Tebow time. So he. Um, he, he did play in the NFL, but he never yeah, really... played for the Denver Broncos. Never really made it... Um, I believe he went to the Jets afterwards. I think he did yeah. go to the Jets. Never yeah. really made it as an absolute star there. But he is incredibly famous just based on his... He um, was famous at college. Yeah, just yeah. based on his college. So Tim Tebow didn't go to school. He no, didn't, he was So his home school, but then he didn't go to college either yeah. because he couldn't go on campus. Yeah. He wasn't allowed. He had to do online classes because yeah. you couldn't go to class yeah. because people wouldn't let him go to class. Yeah. Like that's how famous these guys are. Yeah. So it's, it was really crazy. I, I mean, 
you know, the expectations of someone like Urban Meyer were, you know, littered through the documentary. And, I mean, it is crazy. Like, speak about having high expectations of young men and yeah. what was oh. asked of them. It was unbelievable. Like, I, I love college football. I love the concept of college athletics. You know, I know how the sausage is made. Mm. You know, the fact that there are a lot of players who are working their backside off who will never get a professional contract. Yep. You know, who are not getting paid, you know, who are running out in front of hundreds of thousands of people each week. Mm. You know, which you go, oh, that's that's ugly. Yep. You know, for the Tim Tebow's and the Johnny Manziel's, they get the rewards. You know, they get the fame and they obviously, you know, Tim Tebow, although he never had a decorated NFL career, he's one of the best college football pundits going around. Yeah. He went into the major leagues. Like, he's an athlete. He, he's fine. He's set for life. Yeah. You know, you look at Deion Sanders, Reggie Bush, Peyton Manning, just massive names in football that have made long careers out of the game. But for all of those guys, there are tens of thousands oh. of players that don't even get a look in. No. You know, so the glitz and glamour of life on campus is very, very different for them because they're working just as hard as the guys. Yeah. And, I mean, in the southeast of the United States, college is king. That's what a lot of people don't realise too. You know, it, the NFL teams aren't the big hitters in town. It no. is the college football teams that are the big hitters in town. And, um, you know... These players aren't playing for a paycheck. They're playing for the glory, yeah. you know, and the potential of going pro, which is absolutely fascinating. Yeah. Um, you know, we'll go into – I just want to touch on the, the student debate as well because I'm, I'm going to play devil's advocate on this one. So I'm, I'm all, always been hypercritical of the, the student-athlete, you know, concept. Um, however, there was a, a comment made previously by a current Clemson coach, Darbo Swinney. And he was talking about, you know, in response to unionisation and the concept of college players getting paid. And his comment was, it was, and I'm, you know, obviously paraphrasing here, but, you know, paying players and professionalising college athletics, you know, that's where you lose me. I'll do something else because there's enough entitlement in this world. And people look at that and go, you, what are you talking about? What a guy. There's enough entitlement. You know, they're flogging these kids, you know, making millions off the back of their performances and the like. But when you look at this documentary where they show you the work ethic of the players, mm. the, the late-night gym sessions where they're dressed up in camo paint and just working their asses off in the gym, that is payment. Yeah. Like, you don't learn how to work like that without that benefiting you in life. No, definitely not, yeah. You know what I mean? So you look at it and you go, if you were paying these players, do you get the same work ethic from them? Yeah. Or do they start packing it in? Yeah, it's, do an, they interesting, it's an interesting debate, isn't it? Do they start going, well, I don't need to work out as hard because I'm getting paid to be here, this, that and the other. Or you've got this subculture of college athletes who are going, I've got the potential of growing pro, but even if I don't go pro, I'm walking out of here with the greatest moment of my life. Oh, yeah. You know, this work ethic and this brotherhood that I've built in this organisation and as an alumni of this college, I'm 
royalty every time I walk back on here. Well, those guys who've won state championships, like they wear their their rings around, like oh yeah, all day every day. They they don't um. They're not buying too many coffees for the rest of their life. No. <laughs> there was 100 players in the Gators' 2008 National Championship winning squad. 100 players yeah. on the list. You know, whether that be red shirters, whether that, you know, obviously not all of them are, are match day squad players, but there are 100 players in that squad. How many of them are going pro? There are players who were in that championship side that never even got a look in at the NFL. No. But and probably were never gonna. No, but they got success, they got work ethic, and they got this adventure that they will last them a lifetime. You know, and when you look at it, you look at someone like Urban Meyer. Urban Meyer was not successful outside of college. You burn him down as it no. goes into the uh, into the documentary. He was burnt out and he had to leave, you know, at the conclusion of that period because, you know, he was just overworked. And then he went into the NFL and you can't implement the same style that he tried to implement in college with professional football. No, it just just didn't work. No, thanks. Yeah. No, no, we did this in college, mate. Yeah, we've done our time. Now you need to make, you know, you need to bend to us. Yeah. Yeah. But it was a, look, it's a fascinating documentary. I mean, the other part to it obviously was the concept of turning a blind eye to poor behaviour. Oh, yeah. So there was obviously there, – there was a few rat bags in that squad. Yeah. Tim Tebow wasn't one of them. No, I mean, no. They, they couldn't find anything wrong with Tim. No. But one criticism that was levelled at Urban Meyer throughout that documentary was the fact that he didn't clamp down. He didn't have a tight enough rein on the players in terms of their behaviour outside of the football. No. Yeah. And they didn't really dive too much into what a lot of that was. But no, but, I mean, there was a – you wouldn't have to look far to find it. No. Well, I mean, let's let's look at the players that were involved. So Cam Newton, mm. he was in the squad. Cam Newton was kicked out of the University of Florida. Yeah. That's why he ended up at Auburn eventually. Um, I believe it was stealing a laptop or something like that, you know, allegedly. Allegedly. But anyway, Aaron Hernandez, killed a guy. Yeah. Everybody knows that. You yeah. know, they didn't go into the Hernandez story no, and really around that. It. You know, they didn't avoid the fact that he was a part of the squad. You know, they, they mentioned it. But there was a lot of shit that was going down. Oh, yeah. You know, and that wasn't – they weren't the only ones. No, no, you know? that's right. And, um, yeah, obviously it, it was interesting how Urban talks about the reason or his justification for that was the fact that he removed one guy from the squad. You know, that was where he was like, I'll never do that again. You know, and it's crazy, you know, to think of of where that went from that position. Yeah. But anyway, mate, Mate, what do you reckon? What do you what'd you give it? Um I would like I really enjoyed it. It probably fell away a little bit towards the back end of the um last episode. Uh for me. I, I I'd probably give it a because I enjoyed the first part of it so much, I'd probably give it an eight and a half, a nine out of ten. The Untold series, though, on Netflix, mm. we've, we've jumped right into. We've gotten well on board. They haven't. They haven't had a, a miss yet, have they? No, no. They've they've been absolutely unreal. Mm. Looking to see what they've got in the future. Yeah, I mean, there's obviously um, yeah, the Balco one was another one that's come out. We spoke about. Um, Johnny Manziel, but, um, yeah, they keep providing the goods, mate. Um, 
So a cracking documentary, mate. Um, what do you reckon? Should we get into the football? Let's do it. Radio potty football chat. Premier League's back. It is back, mate. It is back, and uh, what a week it has been. Absolutely. And guess who else is back? Who is back? Berter and Cozzy, fellas. How we been, boys? Cozzy, how's your week been, mate? Pretty good, boys. Did you get that in the studio? <laughs> I, no, we didn't, mate. All Did we got, all, oh no! All we Did got was awkward silence. <laughs> Mate, that is what no, they call the a swing classic. and a miss. The old classic. Um, I won't sing it for you, boys, but it was the old one nil to the Arsenal. I've been singing it all day. Oh, oh, loud oh. and proud. Well, yep. Here I was thinking you were playing the real Slim and Shady. Guess who's back? Back again. No, no, no. nothing. Right, cool. Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> well, this podcast has turned into karaoke. It has, and we love it. We love it. But uh, how, how have we been, boys? Cause you've had a you've had a good day, mate. But how's your week been? Yeah, very good. Thanks, Pod. Um, busy week. Great to get back into the football on the weekend and um, get catch a few games, catch a few highlights, some fantastic action over the weekend. So I'm really keen to get in and have a chat about it. Mm. Beautiful, beautiful. And uh, Berta, what about you, mate? Mate, what's yeah, that? Mate. What's that cup you've got there, Berta? Uh, look, I'm glad you asked, Gregor. This is uh, the Liverpool FC Champions of Europe 2019 Cup when we when we beat the Tottenham Hotspurs in, a, in a somewhat of a canter. Really, we didn't ever really need to try, but look at that yeah. well worn, well worn. So that, uh, look, Cosy, seriously, you've got to have a joke about this cup, don't you? Me holding some type of a cup for Liverpool. You've got to oh have, yeah, I, I yeah. Think it's- Probably the only cup that will have Liverpool's name on it this year. So. <laughs> oh, that's a good one. That's a good one. You're welcome got to him, that too. Like, got him. Yeah, couldn't right have set you up better, but you're welcome. Now, now Fish you two. Now, now Fish you two. Uh, Berta, how you been, mate? Yeah, excellent, Greg. I had a, had a good uh, good week, good weekend. Managed to uh, cast my eye over a bit of local football this weekend, which was nice to Ooh. see the um, quick plug here, the Wagorga Wolves, when they're... Uh, when their first grade premiership, so that was nice to see. You'd be happy about that, Cos, wouldn't you? Yeah, fantastic effort from the boys. Their maiden first grade premiership, and good to see so much depth in the club as well. With the reserve grades taking out the title as well, just couldn't get the over thirty fives over the line. That was the only issue that I had no, over the weekend. No. So maybe terrible, next year. Terrible refing. Phil, if you're out there, you need to lift your game. Absolutely. Hammering the referees on the podcast. Wow, yeah. local oh. referees too. Just yeah, blokes well, I'm out sure there. He like, yeah, I'm sure he listens. Yeah, yeah. With, without them, we don't have the game, Berta. Don't forget that, mate. <laughs> oh, um, well, a bit of a sore spot. A yeah. Bit of a sore spot when it comes to discussing North Coast football over 35s because I'm hurting still. It's been three days and, I'm yeah, I'm struggling. Mm. Tough, tough loss to take. And how's the knee? Uh, yeah, I got through it, mate. Plenty of anti-inflammatory, I must say. Yep. Nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with that. No. But anyway, back to the the real stuff, the mm. professional stuff, Potty. What was the uh, the the round of results for this week, mate? All right, I'll run you through it, boys. Um, 
Liverpool 3-1 over Wolves. Very happy with that, Berta. Yeah, look, yeah, that's, um, well, yes. Yes and no, but we'll, we'll get to that. Mm, we will, we will. Fulham 1-0 over Luton. Spurs uh, 2-1 over Sheffield. Uh, City 3-1 over West Ham. Uh, Brighton 3-1 over Manchester United. Villa 3-1 over Palace. Everton and Arsenal. I've got written in the So for the listeners out there, I've, I've, I've doing up the sheet before and I've got it as one all. But, one uh, all for the show I'll, I'll correct that for Cosie. It was um, one nil uh, to Arsenal over Everton and uh, quite frankly, it was lucky to be that. Uh, and then uh, Bournemouth and Chelsea played out a nil or draw. Newcastle won uh, nil over uh, Brentford. And Nottingham Forest and Burnley to play overnight, I believe. Mm. Mm. So, yes. Potty. Yep. Headline of the week, mate. What do you got? Uh, better very late than never for Big Ange. So, did you catch mm. that result over the weekend? Yeah, it was a big one. Uh, did you catch that one, Berta? I, I did, mate. I, I enjoyed every part of that game. Um Sheffield United really, really took it to them. Bloody unlucky to, to lose right in the like the ninety, I think sixth minute and the ninety eighth minute. I believe the goals goals were. And um, yeah, I went to bed in the ninety fourth. You know, so yeah, missed all but, the action. Um, yeah, Tottenham they're, they're they're winning, but they're they're gonna need to be a little bit better when it comes to maybe the next couple of weeks. I believe to get not truly get tested yet. Not at all. Mm. Not at all. No, they're scraping by against, well, Sheffield United was recently promoted. They they gave up a couple of goals last time they played to help me out. Burnley, was it? The, the 5-2 result that they had. So they're leaking plenty of goals and that formula can't, can't keep working against the top teams. I, I don't, I don't believe. So latest winner in Premier League history, I believe. Yeah. 97 yeah. minutes. So, yeah. Yeah. In- incredible, incredible. And, uh, yeah, so what's their run look like over the next uh, month? It gets a bit tougher? Yeah, well, they, they take on um, the might of uh, Arsenal next week, I Ooh. believe. Mm. And then I think they go into a uh, Liverpool. Um, and then, oh, look, I... I don't want to, don't quote me, but like an Aston Villa maybe in, a, in another kind of lower lo, lower level in there. But yeah, the the they've already knocked over Man United, but um, I think that the test will be the yeah the Arsenal and the and the Liverpool considering the form that those clubs are in at the moment. And then not long after that, I think they've got a Manchester City. So we'll truly get a gauge on them over the next little while. Mm-hmm. Yeah, thoughts, Cosy? Yeah, I watched um, a fair bit of this game. I think. Um, Oh, the Blades, Sheffield United, they were they were unlucky. I was had my fingers crossed for them. And you mentioned about the extra time goal. I think we're going to see a lot more of that with how much extra time's being added onto the Premier League games nowadays. And it's, it's almost like a sudden death injury time that now that they put the board up and it says ten or twelve minutes or something something astronomical like that. And it's almost like another part of the game right mm. at the end there. Um. Yeah, Tottenham were good. Like they, they had a lot of chances. Um, like the Sheffield United defence and goalkeeper, they were kept. He was super busy. <laughs> so there was a lot of attempts on target. And they, you know, Richarlison. What can we say? Um, it's taken him a while, but he's got his first goal of um, 
at home, um, which the supporters will be happy about. Yeah, it was pretty good scenes at the end there, obviously, speaking of Richarlison. Um, Kulisevsky obviously got the winner, but, um, you know, he's he's obviously come out during the week and spoken about mental health issues that he's been dealing with coming on the back of Brazil duty. And um, to see... You know, and, I, and I, obviously with Harry Kane leaving the side and then Son getting elevated up to captain, um, but to see Son pushing him out in front of the fans and sort of acknowledging his efforts, you know, after having such a, a poor trot with the with the Spurs, just shows that there there is a really, really good feeling around the football club in North London at the moment. Yeah, I think probably, you know, Anyone that signs for Tottenham is probably questionable with mental health issues, but that's probably a discussion for another podcast. Well, mate, dead set. Oh. You've already you've already drawn the line in the sand by you know the completely un-Australian comments like you had your fingers crossed that Tottenham were going to lose and poor old Ange would be under pressure. <laughs> I, don't know, I always had my fingers crossed that Sheffield United would win. There's a difference. There you go. <laughs> Huge difference. <laughs> yes, yes, indeed. Well, we've got you, Cosy. What's your headline of the week, mate? Where are we? So, my headline of the week this week is Chelsea has no lead in its pencil. Mm. So, I'm really worried about unleaded. This. <laughs> they're running on unleaded. They're running on. I don't know what they're running on, but I mean, you watch their games, and they are a very good passing team. Like, they, they knock the ball around pretty well. They have a lot of possession. But just when it gets to that pointy end, they just just cannot find the back of the net. And, and it's punishing them. They're, they're way down in the table. I think they're about 13th or 14th. They're you know, down there with relegation battlers like Manchester United. So they're, they're going to struggle to move up the table if they can't hit the back of the net sooner or later. Now, who's the who's the fella? His name escapes me. Who's playing up front for them at the moment? Jack Lemon. Yeah, so he's the new Didier Drogba, is he? Because <laughs> he was getting absolutely chopped up this morning. Because he put one, I dead set. He put it in to Rose Ed, but it was Rose Ed over past the corner flag. <laughs> like that was a shocking miss. Like I mean, you know. Oh, we, we've all had our, our, our day where we've, we've sprayed them, but far out. In a nil-all draw, you know, yeah, that one's got to hurt. Mm. I think he um, actually got booked for time-wasting on that shot. <laughs> <laughs> it was that bad. Oh, well, What do you make of Chelsea, Berta? Uh, yeah, much like Cozzy, they, they, they look the part, but they just they have no, no finesse up front. Sterling... Raheem Sterling came to the fore for one game this year and I, I thought he was going to go ballistic and we were going to see Chelsea. But, yeah, they, they have no no cohesion. Like, they'll, they're missing, obviously, um, uh, for Nkunku. He's not back for how, how long? He was out half a season or something like that. He was supposed to be their new their go-to man up front. I believe it was an, yeah. AC, it was an ACL, wasn't it, with Nkunku? Was it an ACL? So he's proper cooked. Yeah, I believe, I it maybe. Christmas. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Anyway, and then yeah, obviously Jackson's not not cutting it, and um, their their bang average midfield signing. He came back from South America and he didn't play. Um, Estido, so, and then Enzo. The yeah, he he's yeah. They're just not they're not clicking. But for the team coached by um, Pochettino, they'll 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 find something soon. They'll they'll come back up but is their title race 
over, probably. Probably had such a poor start, they can't recover that. Now they're probably hoping maybe top four. Mm-hmm. It's uh, it obviously isn't an ACL, so they're suspecting four months. So that would that would probably indicate a meniscus or you know yeah um, yeah maybe a a medial or lateral ligament mm. uh, injury there. Mm. So yeah. if they can win enough games before he returns, might still be in chance of a top four. But it's oh, it's not looking good at the moment. Looking a bit ugly. But anyway, it's no surprise that Cozzy would have Chelsea as his headline of the week, though, because all roads lead back to Tottenham. And the fact that even though he's, you know, made it quite clear that he doesn't care for a, a great Australian like Ange Postacoglu because no. he's Tottenham manager, how would he even care about Chelsea, who are managed by Mauricio Pochettino, one of the most successful Tottenham managers in recent times? So I can see the connection there, Cozzy. Yeah, well... Um I think I shared a, uh, a meme with you boys earlier in the week. You might have seen it about um, Tottenham coaches and winning manager of the month awards in their first. <laughs> oh, yes. Did you catch that one? I did. For the listeners out there, um, you mentioned Pochettino getting manager of the month in his first month for Tottenham and got sacked. Mm. Uh, Mourinho, manager of the month for Tottenham in his first month, got sacked. And manager of the month, first month for Tottenham. You're predicting a sagging. So not only are you, you know, having a crack at Ange Postacoglu, but you're kicking him while he's down. You are baying for his sacking already. Yeah. Campaigning. He might, have, he might be second in line, though, because he's behind Eric Ten Klopp for the first sacking oh. if they keep going this way. Now, now. Now, now, <laughs> you lot. We're going to get to that, I hope. Rightio. So I guess it's my headline of the week, Potty. Let's so, go. yeah, speaking of getting to it, let's talk about Luton. What do you reckon, boys? Yeah. No, I just put it out there so we won't talk about my team. Oh. That's all. <laughs> oh, wow. Shifting the focus. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. So, I mean, Luton, eh? Yeah. Yeah. No, yeah, come on. Look, I'll, I'll open open platform, guys. Have at it. What do you think about Manchester United? That's obviously what you want to talk about. What do you reckon, Cozzy? Well, I was just looking up when Luton played Manchester United so Luton can get three points. But, um, <laughs> no, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's dire straits, isn't it, really? Like, um, the weekend, there wasn't much uh, to cheer about. Um, you know, up against a Brighton team that furthers all over, of course. Like, you know, he, he, he loves them. Special. They are special. I think um, one of the things that stood out for me on the weekend was um, the response from the Old Trafford crowd when Hoyland was substituted. Yeah. Um, did you a, guys catch that? Yeah, so there's a bit of, a bit of conjecture over whether – that was the truly so the whether it was the booing for Hoyland coming off or the booing for Martial coming on is so I I would assume that you know from from what I'm hearing from sort of um, yeah listening to commentary and the like it was booing for Hoyland coming off but I mean mm. Eric Ten Hag had a pretty pretty easy you know response for that is the fact that the guy's not ready to play ninety minutes you know you you can you know. Want him out there as much as you want, but if he's not ready to play ninety minutes, we're going to risk not having him if we play him for ninety minutes. Mm. So, so the game was pretty well wrapped up by that stage. Would you say, Gregor? Oh, I yeah, I I mean, 
you you would like to think that you can continue to fight. I think, you know, looking at Hannibal coming on and scoring that goal and you, you saw his emotions when he scored it. I mean, at this point in time when you you know, you're in a slump and there's, you know, no denying that, you know, Manchester United Football Club is in a slump at the moment. Um, sometimes you need those players. You need young kids who are just absolutely hungry to come in and put on a performance to go out there and, and make things happen. And Isn't I, he a dead ring? Yeah, sorry. Sorry, Grego. Go for it, mate. I just, I'm Hannibal. Isn't he a dead ringer for Sideshow Bob? Well, I mean, it's, yeah, the hair. I'm sure it's the hair that I, does it. <laughs> I, I really, I thought it was a young John Podesta, to be honest with you. Hey, oh. hey. Hey. Well. <laughs> Some of the photos I've seen from um, Body's you. Oh, tell you what. Luscious. Luscious. Yeah, just on your mob day, Grego, I watched the game. Whilst they lost 3-1, and at the end it could have been a bit worse than 3-1, I mean, Rashford had a bunch of chances that once they start to, to go in, um, Manchester United will, will improve out of sight. They... They're missing Varane, that injured, and still running around with Lindelof in, in the back. Mm. Um, and also, like you were, a, a, what was a cigarette paper away from from the the goal that would have potentially changed the way the game went. The the ball that was uh, VAR ruled to be over the yeah the, 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 yeah. So like that that game, like whilst it was a loss and it's not a good look at Old Trafford, <clears throat> you weren't that far away from beating. A good, a bloody good team like Brighton. Like we can yeah. laugh at it, but they are a bloody good football team. Yeah, I, I think that's that's the small margins in the Premier League. I, I mean, I I would have no hesitation in suggesting that my football club is in a slump at the moment. They're just in a in a form slump. Now things are going to change. Obviously, the style of play has to change. Marcus Rashford. There was probably three or four times on the weekend where you're delivering the pass. Marcus Rashford for the last twenty four months hasn't had anyone to deliver the pass to. That's going to have to change. He's going to have a striker who's actually going to burst to the net that he can put balls in for, which he hasn't had because, you know, love him or loathe him, Anthony Martial does not run to the net. He is not a a traditional goal, you know, hungry centre forward. He's someone who wants to drift out to the left, similar to Rashford, who wants to, you know, do that, that sort of one-touch finesse finishing in the box, which, you know, sometimes you're not going to get the time for in the Premier League. So they've got a striker there now who looks like he's going to be an absolute pain in the ass for centre-backs uh, in the comp. And, you know, the, the style of play is going to change because of that. I think the, the bigger issues, if I was to roll them out, is the fact that the, the club appears to be a mess. You know, I think I have full faith in the fact that Eric Ten Hag can coach and he's the best coach we could ask for at this time. I think we've got a quality squad with a lot of good players in it, but, you know, we've got a lot of problems behind the scenes, whether it be behaviour and attitude of the players, which is reflected in the first-team environment, whether it be, you know, the accusations being made against certain players, whether it be Jaden Sancho, the issue there where, you know, he doesn't appear to be meeting the expectations of the that the team has set for themselves. But also, too, on top of that, you've got a 1,000 employees at Old Trafford who don't even know whether they are going to have a job because the Muppets who own the club 
have had it up for sale and then now appear like they're not going to sell the club. And they've spent the last 20 years running the club into the ground. Like there's a lot of underlying issues which I think are just only compounded by the poor results that are on the field, you know, but there's a lot of uncertainty at the football club. And, you know, if it was up to me, I'd be telling, you know, those Glazers, get out, go away. We don't need you. We don't want you. We haven't wanted you since day dot. Go away because you're only making things worse and you're doing it for your own greed because that's all you've ever done for yourselves is your own greed. Yeah. Plus you've got an angry um, Mrs. Maguire too that the son's being picked on. I mean, that can't help the club culture at all, can it? But I think that's all a part of it though. You know, Harry Maguire hasn't just turned into a poor footballer. He, Harry Maguire is just a manifestation of poor management at a football level at a football club for such a long period of time. Harry Maguire was a perfect centre-back for Ole Gunnar Solskjaer when Oli was coach. Oli was never going to be the greatest coach of, or, you know, the, the best coach to take Manchester United into the future. But they've bought a guy and spent eighty million pounds on him, who was perfect for him. Then they've sacked him and bought in a coach who comes in and goes, "Oh no, you can't do what I need you to do." So that's that systematic lack of direction over a long period of time, which is coming back to bite the the first team on the backside in terms of their performances. But just the fans have had to ride that wave of frustration. I thought I would have at least got a laugh out of the Harry Maguire mum joke, but okay. We took it very seriously. Well, <laughs> wow. I've almost got a tear in my eye, He's, I mean, when you, oh. yes, I, I, look, Berta, I completely sympathise. If you are, you know, relying on your mum to still step in for you, okay? Yeah. And it's not a playground issue at school then yes, there is a problem. I, I, I will give you that. But you, you, yeah. got, you got me in a, in a sore, <laughs> deep talking point that I couldn't afford the laugh. It's Friday night's loss compounded with Manchester United, not the night, huh? I'm hurting, <laughs> mate. I'm hurting. <laughs> oh. <laughs> if Penrith go down this week, I'll... Uh, <laughs> oh, Gregor, oh, stop, stop. Do you know what makes it worse is that yeah. I'm, I'm getting onto a... P&O cruise on Saturday. And if Penrith go down, I mean, I might be walking the plank. <laughs> <laughs> oh, beautiful boys, beautiful. And Berta, what's your headline of the week, mate? Yeah, I'm going to go back to my boys. It's not, not quite as deep as, as Grego there, but um, like Liverpool, the game the other night, it was a, a classic tale of two halves. Like, we were shit in that first half uh, against uh, Wolves, we we should have been down three three nil and out, and out of the game and added to our record of poor starts at uh, midday in in London. But like we were absolutely shit. It was like we hadn't got off the plane from international duty, and then went inside. Jurgen Klopp, obviously the wind died, the pitch got watered, and the the sun came out, and he gave that that. Braveheart type speech, and we came out and just were a different team. Mm. It was um, it was quite impressive in the second half. But once again, if we if we start to do that against the top teams, much like Tottenham, um, we'll we'll be we'll be out of games very very quickly, and and, and, and down there with the Chelsea's and the Manchester United. But um, yeah, impressive comeback. 
but very much a tale of two halves. So still not the Liverpool mentality machine that we were back through our more successful period a few years back. But um, picking up yeah. points though, picking up points, picking up, picking up points. Still like you know a, a, a win and a draw for Man City away from being top of the league. So but. Um, yeah, need, need to improve. Need to get some players back that don't get suspended and keep some um, players on the field. But, um, yeah, no, did you guys did you guys catch the first half by chance to see how woeful that performance was? No, the the only part I caught about it was um, Harvey Elliott's worldie, mate. That yeah, was... the, the, the deflection, the, the deflected own goal. <laughs> I think that was, that was Jackson-esque until it hit, hit one of the defenders and then went into the back of the net. Yeah, that was missing everything by by quite a margin. But um, yeah, he ran he away like he'd scored it. I, I was pretty oh, impressed. Yeah, well, what is he still nineteen years old? Yeah, he's happy, happy as Larry. But yeah, yeah I remember my a, first stiffy too. Yeah, <laughs> last week that wasn't that long ago. <laughs> uh, no, no, I, I, no caught, I caught this game um, as well. And I like you're saying how bad uh, Liverpool played, Berta, but Wolves were good for their their goal, their one goal lead at half time. I thought they were, you know, they've got a lot of cut and thrust to them. They they really stick it to teams. They really get teams on the back foot, and that I think that's what they did with Liverpool. And then I watched the second half, and Liverpool came out different. And you've got to give it to um, Klopp. He did make some changes, which really changed the game. And, and like and and. But the one thing I just couldn't fathom, like watching Liverpool go at it, was for up until about the 80th minute, I'm just sitting there watching them. They're playing really well. But for like 20 or 30 minute period, they just would not get the ball to Salah. And it's like, I'm sitting there thinking, this guy's just sitting out there on the wing. He's got his pie and his chips in his hand. He's just watching the game go past. Mm. And then they just started passing to him in that last 10 to 15 minutes. Then he destroyed them. Like he cut back inside, he was drifting in, he was taking people out and then playing the ball across, you know, making space for people. And it's like, what have they been doing for the last half an hour to not get this guy in the game? If they can get him into the game, he's so dangerous. Like, And you saw with the goals he set up at the end. Are you, yeah. are you certain that it was a pie and chips, mate? Um, um, or was it a kofta <laughs> or a kebab or even a shawarma? <laughs> oh, <man. laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> Well, we're talking about the Midlands there at, at Wolverhampton, um, so who knows what? Oh, it could, it could have been. been. It could have been a curry and chips. Oh, a curry yeah, and might chips. Have been, might have been a curry pie floater. Yeah, look. I love how we still keep going back to the chips. <laughs> chips are always there. Oh, very good. Lovely, lovely, lovely. Uh, any other discussion points we wanted to bring up, guys? We touched on, the, uh, touched on the uh, Spurs and the challenges that they've got coming up. but um, What about the next round, mate? Give us next the next round. round, then we'll get into some Champions League, boys. What do you reckon? Sounds uh, good. Next round, Palace versus Fulham. Luton versus Wolves. Luton, let's talk about Luton. Yeah. <laughs> Luton, let's talk about Luton. Uh, City versus Forest. Brentford, Brentford versus the Toffees. Mm. Burnley versus United. Arsenal versus Spurs. Oh, there we go. Cozzy licking mm. his lips. Uh, Brighton versus Bournemouth. Chelsea win Brighton. Chelsea versus Villa. Uh, Liverpool versus West Ham. 
and Sheffield United versus Newcastle. So before we go too far, Arsenal versus Spurs, Cosy, what is your favourite um, Arsenal versus Spurs moment, mate? Oh, geez, you've put me on the spot, haven't you? Mm. Um, uh, one one out of left field. Um, Arsenal winning the title at Spurs was a big one. Um, I still remember sitting there watching the game and we only needed a point. And I think we went 1-0 up, maybe 2-0 up, or we got to 2-1. And then, um, uh, what's his name? Not Roy Keane. What was the other Keane that played? Robbie Keane. Robbie Keane. Keane. Robbie yeah. Keane scored for Tottenham to score two, uh, to make the score final score 2-all. And Tottenham fans went nuts. And mm. you're just sitting back going, uh, hello, we've, we're winning the title at your home ground, like, and it was just like that was one of the best things. And then watching us walk around, you know, celebrating at Tottenham's home field, that was pretty good. Mate, one of the things that stands out for me, Spurs Arsenal, you remember um, Jermaine Genesis, was a, it was an equaliser. Do you remember that one? No. Oh, mate, it was an absolute cracker from just, just short of the centre circle. Just absolutely hit one. I think it was at the old White Hart Lane. Um, and also, too, uh, would have to be Adebayor, didn't he? He came back to Horn oh, Arsenal. He did. Yeah. Yep. That was when he scored and then he ran the length of the pitch to celebrate in front of the Arsenal fans. Oh, that was when he was at City. Did he not score for Spurs? Oh. I thought he scored for Spurs in a derby as well. Oh, anyway. may have. He gave us a few headaches. Mate, you've buried that in the uh, in the memory bank, mate. Well, we're talking Tottenham goals, so they're easily forgettable. <laughs> <laughs> All righty Champions League. So, um, Champions League kicks off midweek this week, guys. Um, so, we go back to Europe. Um, Bert, are you excited? For Champions League? Yeah. Absolutely, yes. I, I will most definitely um, be watching the Champions League um, with no interest at all. But, no, I'm, I'm, I thought we were going down Harry Maguire's mum's path there where we weren't going to get a bite for an obvious no, uh, no, look, like, cast the, of the a real. Ashton, the real actions in the in action, actions in the Europa League this year. But, no, Champions League, looking very forward to it. Um, will My question is, will Newcastle, will Newcastle get a point from their Ooh. group stage? A point. I, I don't mind them. I don't Will mind them at home, at home against Milan. Mm-hmm. They've got Tenali. They've taken their best player. I yep. mean, I, I, I don't mind them. All right, I mean, well, they're I'm not showing the form, but, I mean, I'm just going to put right. it out there. I also can't punt, so, I mean, don't take it as gospel, but I don't mind them. I'm more concerned Dortmund. about United versus Bayern. Yeah, I was just going to say Dortmund too. They're a bit vulnerable at the moment mm. after selling Jude Bellingham. So that, they could be points there for them when if they've got to travel when they've got to travel to the north northeast to play Newcastle. Yeah, I'm going to say duck egg. I am going to say duck egg for Newcastle in their group stage. Nothing. Nothing. Okay. Mm. Oh well, we'll mm-hmm. see. You go. You've been going so uh, not so the far first so brave good. Call you've made yeah. this year, mate. And, so um, far so good with Brighton, mate. Yeah, yeah, Bob, but certainly for the top four. Plus, I called the Casido transfer as the, the, the dart of the year too. So, 
Yeah. That's been proven as well. Watch this space. Mm. No, no, yeah. <laughs> United play Bayern. Um, there's not really much to talk about with that. Um, Arsenal versus PSV. Now, last met in the 06 07 season. Cosy, do you, am I correct in saying that? Yeah, well, you know, you're very good with your stats, Grego, and your research. Like, we, we all know that. And the listeners are very familiar with the amount of research you're doing. I was, hoping, I was hoping you were going to contest it because I was actually on a tube train coming down home from Finsbury Park when they last played them. And I was in a tube train filled with PSV fans who were all drinking on the piss and just Yahoo. And so I remember it vividly when they last played PSV in the Champions League. So. Mate, it was uh, yeah, it's a long time. They they met in the um, in the Europa League though, didn't they? Recently, twenty nineteen, I believe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and um, the final match, uh, City versus the Serbian champions. Now we're going to have a bit of a trivia, guys. Who can pronounce the Serbian champions? You got it on the run sheet there. Have a crack. Have a dig, Berta. You're first because you are our Eastern European translator, the way you drop Sobosly on us. Okay, so have a crack. What do we reckon? Without Googling, without searching it, have a go. Savenja Zvezda. Ooh, not bad. Cosy, what do you got? That's pretty good. <laughs> oh, I don't know if that's culturally appropriate, how hard on the Zeds you went, mate. <laughs> Okay, Potty, off you go, mate. Flavenia Zvezda. It sounds like my first car that I drove. Holden Zvezda Zvezda. Okay, now, gentlemen, I can confirm for the listeners at home, it is Zverna Zvezda. Zverna Zvezda. Okay, so that is how you pronounce it. So we nailed it. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. That oh. also sounds like the uh, lady I just got a friend request from on Facebook. Oh, yes. <laughs> the boss. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Call me. Yeah. Mate, that's when you know you've hit podcast fame, mate, when the bots start attacking your DMs. <laughs> I sent her a hello. Cheerio <laughs> <laughs> to Shout out. Rightio, fantasy oh. football, lads. Fantasy football, tip of the week, Potty. What do you got for us, mate? Uh, it's patience. Patience at the moment. Um, it's uh, interesting times. We've got uh, Champions League, so we, we've got more matches happening. Uh, patience and due diligence. You need to make sure you're staying up to date with um, what's going on, which is why I'm going to slip down the ladder significantly, yeah. I'd imagine. So. I, mean, I just – that is a Jurgen Klopp excuse. <laughs> you've basically come in. There's no tip on the run sheet. That's why I've gone straight to you. And then you've given us an excuse of why you haven't got a tip. <laughs> did, did he not give – did Toddy not give my exact answer? Did he not say that? <laughs> 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 He's plagiarising. <laughs> oh. Running his eyes over the run sheet and just picking out what he wants. You can do that as a host, can't you? Oh, oh this is fantastic. He stole my gold. Absolutely been rorted here. So, Bernard, what, what do you think, man? <laughs> What's your tip? <laughs> oh, Lord. <laughs> uh, I, I don't know what to say now. Like, you know, nah, got nothing, whatever. It, uh, Grego, <laughs> to you. Look, actually, just for the listeners, Berta, he's 
Yeah, he's gone into protest mode here. He's taking a step back. But, however, I'll just read the two lines on our run sheet. Berta's tip of the week. This is where it gets hard. He's talking <laughs> about his tip getting hard. It's fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> yes, my tip does get hard, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, oh. Yes, well, yeah, you do. Sorry, you Bert, do. I'll stitch you up big time there, mate. But you do make a good mention there. Obviously, um, European football and how that's going to impact fantasy. What's your, what's your theory, mate? Um, yeah, well, this is the type of the actually one thing the potty potty didn't steal is the use of your bench positioning and your subs is is critical. Make sure you organise that bench because. <laughs> That will be where even when the, the the stars get rested, where your bench starts to shine, because yeah, they drop into you when you pull a big fat donut. Those players that are on the bench come in and slide in there nicer wherever need be. So mm, you pretty much won't have time to to even. I, I read my notes on take note of the injury as well. Most of them won't come through before it's too late for our teams to be in anyway. So it's just a case of body. What you said, bit of luck. You know, if Erling Holland goes off on a stretcher or something, then you know he might be out. R- Russia transfer in, mm. but um, yeah, yeah. gets get hard from here. My apologies to the listener yeah, out there. Is, yeah. I didn't scan yeah. all the way down the page when I Nick Burtis, so. <laughs> 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 so I missed that bench part. Oh, uh, very good. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he's gonna die now. I'm he's dying. Die. He's dying of guilt. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Cosy, what do you got for us, mate? Um, so, with European football coming along... No, no, just joking. <laughs> <laughs> no, my tip of the week is um, up there on the run sheet. So, it's Utterson, Eddard and the Eagle will eclipse flat Fulham. Ooh, I okay. don't know whether the air has come out of the Fulham balloon. I sort of really rated them at the start of the year, but the last couple of performances have been a bit flat. They were lucky on the weekend. They only just scraped scraped by past Luton, that uh, previous previous talk topic. Um, um, they, only just, they only just scraped past them and, and Luton, were, I think they should have picked up a point in that game. Mm. And the Eagles, they're, they're travelling along okay, but they are knocking, they are hitting the back of the net. And, and he's a bit of a beast, Edward. So, yeah, I think um, I might look at seriously look at bringing him in this week. Now did, um, now, did he play much under... That's Odson Edward. Did he play much under Ange Postacoglu at Celtic or did he move when Ange went there? I think it was a pretty close crossover, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, so he played most of the year... I think he started at Palace last year, but he didn't start... He wasn't in the starting lineup mm. for a while. Um, so he would have got one back, season at Celtic under, under Ange. Yeah, see, he, he was knocking around for Patrick Vieira. I think Patrick Vieira brought him across from Celtic. Mm. Um, but, yeah, I'm not sure how many games he played. Let me have a look. No, no, so, he's, yeah, he's played 150 games for Celtic. Yeah. He's played 74 for Crystal Palace. So, yeah. Uh, he might have missed Ange, I think. I think he was sold in the summer that Ange arrived at Celtic Park. Yeah, I, I, he probably wasn't Asian enough for Ange, so he, he does like <laughs> he, he does like his Japanese he players. Did, yeah, in, well, he, so. he didn't have J League on the resume, so he was immediately <laughs> removed. No, no, I think um, the closest he's come to the J League is having a bad bit of sushi and in, in, <laughs> you know, on a Friday night. So, oh, Edison, oh. <laughs> wow. 
<laughs> All right. Well, we're not going to get any less controversial on this section <laughs> of the podcast because uh, my tip of the week is, uh, is this some sort of cat kicking competition? Because I think you guys will start to get the gist of the focus that I put on um, on the fantasy is I obviously after the Friday night game, I'll always check and see who the leaders are and you get some absolute doozies out there. And I believe it was two weeks ago, just prior to the international break, um, someone had triple captain Kurt Zuma. So they triple captain Kurt Zuma and they were leading the whole competition on like 70 points. And I mean, I don't know if they're a fan of cat kicking, but oh, they had <laughs> changed what they were expecting their centre-backs to be doing. But to triple captain Kurt Zuma, you must have been thinking there was a feline running on the, on the field. <laughs> Because he's shown immense talent in that area in the past. He does, yeah. He can kick a cat. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, so that just had me had me thinking. And, and I tell you what, do yourselves a favour if you're ever looking at the fantasy and you want to see some absolute bizarre leaders, after the first game, check in as who's leading overall and who's got the highest score overall, and you get some, some absolute weapons in there. It's hilarious. That's not where I thought you were going when you said do yourself a favour and check out when you were just talking about cat kicking. Oh, no, no. <laughs> I'm pretty sure, um, yeah, Mr. Zuma and his legal team might have put a super injunction in all of that footage <laughs> that was uh, was littered on social media. So There's some, there's some good names out there. I'm just uh, You've prompted me just to have a look at the uh, Arsenal League. So oh, okay. at the top, <laughs> So these are some of the names that... Uh, up the top of the Arsenal League at the moment. You've got Blind Guy McSqueezy. I don't know where that comes from. <laughs> You've got I'm Yelling Timber from the song. Oh. Uh, You've got uh, Sack Up Potatoes. <laughs> uh, what else have we got here? Your Mama FC. That's always a popular one. Oh, yes. Yeah. But she always goes down in the close ones. <laughs> uh, yeah, so Smith will row you. So yeah, there's some good ones there. So check that out. All right, boys, we've done well. Thank you very much for joining us again. Beautiful. Anything else to add before we before we wrap it up, lads? I just got two quiz questions. Two quiz quick. Holy cow, mate! Are out. you all right? Yeah, I'm, it's very late here in the uh, east coast of Australia at the moment. Um, two quick quiz questions for you, boys. Um, number one, Pascal Gross scored a, a goal against Manchester United on the weekend. Yeah, it was gross. How many passes in the lead-up to that goal? Um, oh, mate, I only remember the one that went straight to his feet as he buried it. 14. 11. 30. 30? 30. Mm. 30. So Manchester United couldn't touch the ball in, in 30 passes. <laughs> Mm. Number two, Brighton start. There's a bit of a theme to these two questions. Yeah, I mean, Brighton starting eleven costs how many millions of pounds? Uh, I I believe I know this one. Is it in the realm of seven point nine million? No. Is it more than that? Is it? I, I it was something 16. ridiculous. Yeah, sixteen million. Pounds. Sixteen million. Yeah, it was something ridiculous. However, I would like to see what Ansu Fatty's pay packet is because he'd be on a fair chunk of wages on that loan because he's a gun. Yeah, well, 
That the the quiz the question comes out of the starting eleven. Of course, he was on the bench, so. But in saying that, he still that, he but, hasn't cost him a transfer fee. It'd just be what are the wages mm. on some of those on those signings? Yeah. But no, they they do it better than most. Don't don't get us wrong. That was good, Cosy. That little curveball at the end there, little little keep us on our toes trivia section. Well, yeah. better keep the keep you guys on your toes and the list, listeners interested. That's oh, I just took it as a personal attack. Yeah, that's what I thought. <laughs> I thought you were just having a chop. <laughs> <laughs> that too. That too. Oh, good. All right. Um, well, before Cozzy dies, uh, no, sorry, Potty dies. Um, <laughs> You're all right, aren't you, guys? Yeah. Oh, am I getting sacked? Am I just looking over my shoulder? Look, I'd wait till I I'll wait till I get off air before I threaten my talent. Um, but obviously, before we may lose Potty, you might want to say farewell to him and and wish him best. Um, but uh, yeah, thank you very much for joining us again, guys. It's been a pleasure. Legend Thanks, boys. No worries. Thanks, boys. Back next week. See ya. Rightio. See you guys. Rightio, potty, mate. What do you reckon we should move on? Let's do it. Integrity. Integrity. This is Democracy Manifest. Integrity report, potty. We've got some integrity issues, mate. You've come to the floor this week. We, I have, mate. Um, you know, as the listeners know, a couple of marathon runners here. Absolutely. Veterans. Not our first rodeo, mate. Definitely not, mate. And um, we certainly know how tough it can be out there, but it was particularly tough for marathon runners this week in the Sydney Marathon mm. as they got smashed with a heat wave. And, in fact, at its peak temperature, it was 32 degrees, which is uh, well above average in uh, the Harbour mm. City uh, at this time of year. 26 people ended up in hospital and seven in a serious condition. My question is, Grego, in a situation like this, now, to, to run a marathon, you, you, like the 42Ks, you've got to train. Mm. You, you've you've got to make sure you're up and you, you, you're you getting that amount. Of, like whether you walk a fair bit of it or whether you run the whole lot, you've got to do a lot of training. So I understand that people are not going to want to pull out of it and they are not going to be happy if they are, the event is cancelled due to heat or something yeah. like that. But that being said, isn't it up to the organisers to protect the, those people from themselves? Because 26 people um, in hospital, seven in a serious condition, they knew that heat was coming. Mm. Bit of an issue, wouldn't you say? Oh, yeah, I, I suppose it's a, there's a question to be asked there. And I, I would assume that um, the organisers of such an event like the Mar the Sydney Marathon would have certain risks that they'd be willing to take, but also too they'd have a, a an area of you know let's is it getting too dangerous and where the liability sits in terms of that being on them as the organisers or on the participant as somebody who's entered the race. Now I've watched a lot of David Goggins on Instagram and I would say that these guys are all soft. Mm. <laughs> um, they need to stay hard and who's going to lift that boat? <coughs> <laughs> so, listener, sorry, I am coughing a leg up at the moment. Um, yeah, mate, and, and we do love the Goggins here uh, at the Sports Detention. But let me ask you, mate, you were in charge of that last week. Mm. And um, you know it's going to be 32 degrees on Sunday. You know it's going to be very, very tough for people out there. What are you going to make sure you've got plenty of? 
Oh, fluid, mate. Yeah, they ran out of water. Yeah. No, so they ran out of water at like a couple of stations. So people were running through, absolutely yeah. battling, and they run out of water. How do you run out of water? How do you run out of water? Like you over prepare and yeah. then you over prepare again. Now, the suggestions of running out of water, though, I watched a documentary a couple of years ago and I know a guy who, if you need some water, will get you some water. Mm. You seen the fire documentary? No. The fire, the festival? Oh, yeah, yeah. sorry, yeah, yeah. <laughs> now, there's a guy in that documentary <laughs> who will do anything to get you some water. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> where was he where when was you need it? And where, where is the meme with him on it saying, Sydney... Do you need water, do you? Will we track it down, mate? <laughs> we'll track it. I think we will. Um, yeah, so that was a little bit interesting. And, like, I think from a definitely the water perspective, they, they need to do a yeah, little bit better, be better than better that. Yeah. Uh, do you know what else they need to do a little bit better at, Gregor? What's that, mate? The boggers. Oh, that's a, that's a common problem. Did you see the queue? Yeah, so it's pretty much <laughs> under the Harbour Bridge they've got the, the shitters. Yep. And they are just chocolate. There's yeah. You ain't getting one. No, you aren't getting one. Yeah. Now, I've, uh, I, as we said to the listeners a couple of podcasts ago, I uh, ran a marathon this year and um, in the past I've run a couple of halves before. Mm. I am a person who has been um, in distress before, yeah. shall we say, Greg. Yeah. I've been out and uh, uh, one particular event uh, running the Gold Coast Marathon, I was Coming uh, into it off uh, off the back of a, a vicious bout of um, uh, gastro, mm. and uh, about five or six k's in, uh, things didn't weren't going well for me. Yeah, mate, I was not waiting in a big queue. Yeah, I was not able. I mean, you you know, it's uh, there's a needs analysis on that sort of stuff, and the fact that you know you couldn't continue to run that marathon while you're rooster tailing your own turd (laughs) (laughs) around all the other punters, that would be unfair. So the fact that you jumped to the front of the queue and went and absolutely (laughs) punished the the PVC. Have you seen Dumb and Dumber? <laughs> you know what scene I'm talking it's about. It's okay. Yeah, you know, I, I can, you know, I can, I can understand that. I can understand. So, uh, mate, my thoughts were, um, you know, very dangerous situation for most part. Seems like it was relatively well handled. But as far as yeah. the um, the portaloos and the uh, water's concerned, come on. Yeah. Where we are. But, I mean, you know. Organisers should be aware of this. You know, these these are the little things that shouldn't be going wrong. No, no. You know, you know they look like little things, but if they're not provided for, they can become a big thing. And as was experienced on the weekend. Yeah. Talk to any marathon runner who's yeah. ever done it before. Oh, yeah, they're going to be thirsty. You're going to yeah. need water. Yeah. It helps. Well, Blackmore's Sydney Marathon. Mm. Give yourselves an uppercut. Come on. Get some more shitters. Coats higher. Yep. No sponsorships here about coats if you want to get on board. Sportsattention at gmail.com. Um, but if you would like a couple of pro marathon runners to come down and host for you next year, mm, we're happy. Absolutely. We'll stick our hands up. Um, but if it gets above 30, we're going to have to check out <laughs> and go and find a nice cold beer. Because <laughs> God knows there won't be any water. <laughs> Well, <laughs> come on, Sydney Marathon, do better. 
Okay, and um, to the 26 people who had been taken to hospital as a result of the uh, tough conditions, who's going to carry that boat? Mm. <laughs> <laughs> right, yeah, mate, should we get into all sports? Well, let's do some sport. Mate, so uh, what's been happening in the fighting world over the last seven Mate, days? A bit of a uh, UFC fight night, a Mexican-Spanish-themed fight night over the weekend, uh, which culminated in the uh, main event of Alexia Grasso versus Shevchenko. That was the second fight. Um that when it ended up as a draw, mm. so it was a, a rematch. Uh, Shevchenko had the rematch of her previous title fight loss, um, and you know she obviously come up short again because it's a draw. So obviously Alexa Grasso retains uh, the flyweight gold uh, because it was a split draw. Um, you know, which is yeah, it's quite disappointing. Um, because I would assume from the uh, the UFC's perspective, they go back to the drawing board, um, you know, and you basically you got to do a third, really. Mm. I mean, there's not that much depth within the women's flightweight um, ranks to suggest that um, to suggest that you could go down any other avenue. But um, yeah, at the end of the day, uh, they'll do it again, and um, yeah, I'd say they might just. Back into another pay pay per view, um, yeah. But obviously disappointing for Shevchenko was looking to retain retain the title, but also to Alexa Grasso. If you want to get uh, Shevchenko out of your uh, out of your way and into your rear view as you as you continue as as the champion, you you, you don't want to be having having to do it all again. Mm, no, yeah. But um, yeah, another good fight uh, on the card in the co-main for Australian fans was uh, Jack Della Maddalena getting it done via split decision over Kevin Holland. Um, it was a really, really good fight, really technical uh, stand-up fight. Um, you know, it really drove me nuts uh, as they got to the end of the fight and, you know, the boos around the crowd because either of them hadn't taken each other's head off was just so ridiculous, like... These guys stood face-to-face for 15 minutes and threw down a very, very technical fight. And for fans to do it, like, obviously you pay your money, you can boo, you can do whatever you want. But just the complete lack of understanding as to what had occurred over that 15 minutes is pretty frustrating for a fan sitting at home. You're going, well, what else do you want them to do? Do you want them, you know, they've basically... You know, stood there, gone toe-to-toe, a very technical fight. You know, I think Jack was scoring with the bigger shots, which has then obviously resulted in him getting the nod split decision. But, like, to boo it at the end of it, that's just... (coughs) It just shows that you, you know, you probably haven't, you probably had too many beers and haven't really got an idea of what's going on inside that octagon. 
Um, and another fight that was of interest, uh, Raul Rursus Jr. Um, he's back in the winner's circle. Obviously, a uh, young fellow, we've talked about him previously. He he defeated Terence Mitchell uh, in a quick fight, uh, quick stoppage, sorry, in 54 seconds. But um, obviously, 18 years old, Raul Rosas. Um so he got, uh, yeah, he bit off a little bit more than he could chew in his last fight, in his last outing, and was uh, defeated. So it's uh, good to have him back in the um, uh, back in the winner's circle and obviously, uh, yeah, getting back and um, bouncing back from his loss to Rodriguez. Lovely, lovely. So, so um, yeah, that was it from the from the UFC. That was really the the highlights there. Um, a bit of boxing, mate, but it's it's in a holding pattern at the moment. Yeah. Um, the big Canelo versus Charlo fights coming up on September thirtieth, which is something to look forward to. But in the news, mate, you're probably getting a lot more of the KSI Tommy Fury card, yep. which is probably being taken up by the Logan Paul Dylan Dennis sort of back and forth that's going on there. So. It shows that, you know, during a time when, you know, boxing might be just in between that lull period in between big cards, you've still got these guys such as KSI, Tommy Fury, Logan Paul, Jake Paul and the like, which are, you know, churning the headlines over and keeping, you know, boxing in the news. And you've spoken there's a place for it. I think so, yeah, yeah. absolutely. Um, final little bit of uh, combat entertainment, mate. Merger complete per the uh, New York Stock Exchange. So the UFC, mm. WWE merger, that happened this week. Um, they had the big, um, obviously they go and ring the bell and do all that funny stuff at Wall Street where nobody cares about it because, you know, we don't know what's going on in that place. Yeah. Except for a lot of money. A lot of coin. Yeah. Um, yeah, so obviously I had Dana White, Triple H. It was pretty pretty cool to see all those big wigs and those, you know, people who are obviously uh, embedded in those two massive sports and entertainment franchises come together and they're going to be under the same umbrella. Yeah, I uh, saw there's been a couple of, um, uh, I saw on the socials, a couple of potential adjustments happening to uh, WWE with some new titles coming in, you know, Mm. the tag team titles. They're talking about a trio title coming in apparently. Oh, really? Don't know really what that's going to add, but I'm sure they um, got some ideas. And, um, yeah, that could be really interesting. But what we're really looking forward to see if there's any cross-promotional. Yeah, we've talked talked about this before. We want want a ladders match in the octagon. That's what we want. But um, you mentioned Triple H before. I uh, caught the most recent episode of Billions, which dropped the other day, and he had a cameo role on Billions. Oh, so, really? Yeah, there he mm. was. They brought him in for his expertise on how to turn someone from a, a face to a heel. So, Oh, there you go. He'd yeah. know all about that. He would. He would. Yes. Yes, yes. But, um, <coughs> well, so uh, for a relatively quiet week, there's always a fair bit going on in the world of combat sport. Mm, absolutely. We can always still pick a headline. We can, mate. We can. Um, Speaking about struggling for headlines, mate, what's happening in the AFL? Oh, the AFL, mate. Well, it's finals time, so we'll throw a bit out there. <laughs> we'll throw a bit out there. Prelims to come this week, mate. Uh, Fitzroy Lions versus the Car- – oh, hang on. Brisbane Lions mate. versus the Carlton Blues. <clears throat> and Collingwood versus GWS. GWS. Mm. Absolute AFL heartland yep. in the greater Western Sydney. Oh, they're there to conquer. Mm. Uh, afraid not Afraid <laughs> not uh, Look uh, Carlton got through Against uh, the D's Last week And I didn't watch the game um, 
yeah. didn't watch the game. But, um, go, yeah. I, I saw the scorecard and uh, who are the D's? The Demons. Oh, Melbourne. Melbourne. Okay, Melbourne. yeah, the D's. <clears throat> and um, uh, at least I'm pretty sure the D's are the Demons because yeah. <laughs> makes sense, man. I'm, I'm happy to go with it. Uh, but uh, yeah, the the D's accuracy was just putrid mm. and uh, far more shots on um, goal than than Carlton, but they just weren't accurate at all. So mm. Couldn't they, hit the target. They struggled with that. And um, uh, GWS put, uh, put a laid to the sword. They struggled a little bit during the back end of the season from what I can see and uh, fell out of the finals in straight sets. And, yeah, so I... Um, you know, I'd imagine it's going to be a little bit similar to the NRL from what I can tell. The the two top, um, the highest placed teams, the Lion and Collingwood, they're going to uh, brush aside Carlton and GWS, I'd say, and they're going to make their way to the grand final, similar to the Broncos and Panthers. That's obviously my prediction. Mm. Uh, I think the purists, the AFL purists, would probably like to see an old Collingwood Carlton Derby. I thought you were going to say they want to see GWS in there. <laughs> <laughs> they don't have any idea who GWS is. They're not even sure where Sydney is located. Yeah. yeah. So, um, but uh, then again, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe Carlton fans couldn't care less about Collingwood making it and, um, yeah, couldn't mm. give a stuff. I would say they're probably looking for the easiest route to. The flag, I think they call it. The flag, yeah. Mm. Win a flag. Oh. We'll have to get some um, AFL uh, wisdom in here one day, mate. Yeah. Just, you know. Maybe before the grand final. <laughs> Maybe before the grand final. Mm. All right, mate. Uh, the Formula One. Yes, the Formula One Singapore Grand Prix. Um, did you see uh, Lance Stroll's crashing qualifying? Oh, yes. Mate, he hit the wall full tilt. He did. Um, obviously ruled him out of the race because, mm. you know, they weren't going to get the vehicle back. And, you know, with the regulations, I believe, this is me just throwing it out there, it's definitely well within your best interest, rules and regulations-wise, to just go, let's ride it off for the Chalk weekend. Chalk that one down. And let's, uh, let's go again next time. Um, Carlos Sainz got the win. So Maxi off off the podium, mm. which was a, a bit of a, a surprise there, obviously uh, for the punters. Uh, Lando Chuck Norris, mate, you called it, mate. I you called it. You called it. A couple it. of weeks late, but yeah. I knew it. You called it that he'd be in in with a shake, and then obviously Lewis Hamilton getting back on the podium as well. Surely um, his nickname's Chuck, isn't it? Oh, yeah, it is now. It is now. Listeners, get amongst the movement. Yeah, Chuck, put it out there. Um, yeah, so obviously, uh, yeah, the Formula One is back in full swing. So, um, yeah, it's, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll keep a good eye out. And just to clarify, Daniel Ricciardo is still not driving. Um, he's obviously got a broken arm. And, he and if you've seen the footage of it, he's, he's done it good. Yeah, and he is not eating a traveller pie no, either he's not. whilst he's driving. Um, NFL, mate. Mm. So we touched on... Um, Aaron Rodgers' injury, um, you know, after setting the MetLife alight mm. with his um, anniver- on the anniversary of nine eleven with his his entry. Um, what do you think about the uh, about the football over the weekend, mate? Any games sort of catch your eye or that you wanted to bring to the fore? Yeah, so obviously we're uh, both of us pretty happy with um, uh, the Seahawks getting their first win of the year. Mm, overtime, mate. Yep, overtime, taking down a Detroit. So. I mean, what a, how? What about kicking a city while they're down? I mean, Detroit is just, I mean, since automotive manufacturing was ripped out of the heart of Detroit, 
you know, they've been struggling. Yeah. They've got a decent football team at the moment, and the Seahawks come over there with their Pacific Northwest berets and coffee connoisseurs, and they just beat them in overtime. Get it in here. Get it in here. <laughs> but uh, an important uh, win for the Seahawks. They uh, were staring down the barrel of uh, 0-2 start to the season, so that's not yeah. where you want to be. Well, it's a it's a very very tough uh, NFC West. Mm. Um, you know, obviously uh, the 49ers are going to be good. The Rams, are, they're one and one. The Rams, but mm. and the Cardinals, they're, they're going to be good. The Rams and the 40, 49ers. So, mm. you know, if you're looking at where Seattle is at the moment, you're looking at wild card. You you yep. know, if you're going to make it, and I mean, looking at the standings earlier and the form going into the season, I think the NFC is going to be a real tough conference to win mm. you know it's that's where a lot of the the big hitters are coming out of the nfc so i mean not to say that the afc is any easy beats but um yeah there's a lot of quality in the nfc but somebody has to win it they do they do mate um i caught the the philadelphia eagles and the vikings obviously jordan mulata is a, a bit of an interest for us as aussie fans there but um you know jalen hurts Mm. Kirk Cousins, big uh, showdown at quarterback there. It was a great match. Um, the Vikings go to 0-2, which is, I, I think they're better than that. Yep. But, um, yeah, geez, the Philadelphia Eagles, they're, they're going to be a, a team to beat this year. Mm. Yeah, definitely are. They obviously running us up in the Super Bowl last year and they uh, did very well Um. Uh, in the uh, pre-season draft, so yeah, they yeah. Well, they drafted really well. Um, Baker Mayfield, mate, he gets he takes the Bucks to two and zero. So yeah. um, obviously, it's you know the goat has left the building in yep. terms of Tom Brady leaving Tampa, but um, you know I think it's it's probably a good story to you know for Baker Mayfield to you know a, a promising QB to get get another chance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I caught the um, uh, Bengals versus Ravens game. It was a pretty good contest back and forth. Uh, the Ravens got the chocolates 27-24 and they took their uh, season to a 2-0 and start, uh, which left the Bengals uh, an 0-2 start. And, uh, yeah, so uh, troubling times uh, for the Bengals and Joe Burrows, uh, and he aggravated a calf injury as well during the game. So mm. if he has to have any time off, uh, significant time off, um, that's going to leave them in a bit of a hole and might be a little bit hard to get out of as well. Um, so, yeah, so coming up against the Ravens, uh, I think their um, offensive line was battling as well like i mm. think they were missing a few people and um yeah the the ravens it was close in the end but the the uh Bengals scored late to sort of um bring it back in close so mm. yeah so after a big first week match um which was obviously on the monday night football was the jets and the bills so the bills josh allen he you know he was he had a tough night against the jets he threw i believe three interceptions and so he's come back. They've they've got the run game flying for the Bills. Um, so they've they've come back. They've had a win. Um, no interceptions this this match. So Josh Allen gets you know gets that re kick start to his season. But you know the question is the Jets did well to win that match on the Monday night. Mm. Wilson, a quarterback, I believe it was Wilson. Yeah. Yeah. 
he's obviously not as highly touted. It would have been great for him. You'd go, oh, well, if I play a season under Aaron Rodgers or a season or two, you know, that could be an apprenticeship which I can take my game to the next level. Yeah. He was obviously their starting quarterback last year. I don't, you know, and the idea of fans would be, is he ready to take our franchise to where they should be for the roster that we've got? They're gun on defence and they've got offence, they're a quarterback away from, you know, really making a mark on offence as well. So it leads us back into that question is, are the Jets going to look for someone or are they just going to have to ride this season out with Wilson at quarterback and try and, you know, get a tune out of him? Yeah. Well, yeah. It's such a tough one when you, you, your plan, like, just falls apart in the first mm. in the first game, isn't it? Like Aaron Rodgers... Yeah, they put all their eggs in that basket, didn't they? Mm. But, you know, there'd be other quarterbacks that, uh, you know, are looking for a start that are are out there even. You know, maybe some freshly retired ones that might be going to jump on that. I'm not talking about the GOAT. You know, there's a few more that might be be looking. Uh, Yeah, that, that could slide on in and jump off the desk. Yep. Yeah, mate, could well happen, could well happen. And uh, we'll certainly let the uh, fans know on the sports attention should that eventuate. Mm. Uh, Rugby World Cup, mate. Uh, so the Wallabies, the Wallabies after a nice little start to Georgia last week and we, we were full of hopes and, um, yeah. and I said, you know, a bit of a, a soft... Um, a soft pool they found themselves in and we thought, you know, they could even steamroll themselves all the way to the semifinals. They've gone down to Fiji for the first time in 69 years. Now, Fiji <coughs> are not the easy beats they once were. No, there's a, there's a lot more professionalism, mm. less so in the organisation <coughs> of Fiji rugby, but more so in the fact that a lot of the players who are playing for the Fijian national team and now well-established professionals in Europe. Yep. You know, a lot of them playing in the French League, <clears throat> you know, the European yeah. heavy-hitting leads, you know, you're playing in Ireland and, and the UK as well. So, semi red rudder. Yeah, so, I mean, the, <clears throat> they've got the cattle um, and it's, I don't think it's any surprise that, you know, they're capable of putting on a performance like they did against the Wallabies. Yeah, so uh, that's going to make it tough for the Wallabies from here on out. Um, but, yeah, any other games you're looking forward to, mate? Well, before we finish on the Wallabies, I, I know Eddie Jones apparently apologised after the game. Mm, he did, um, yeah. I don't know why he apologised, because it's this isn't Eddie Jones's thing. You know, Eddie Jones has been brought in at a very late stage to try and wedge a... He's not, he hasn't been brought in for this World Cup. No. He's been brought in for the future of Australian rugby, so he shouldn't be apologising for this. You know, the peanuts who ran Australian rugby for the past decade should be apologising for this. This isn't the house that Eddie built. This is, you know, what he's been left with. So, yeah, (laughs) I mean, Eddie, we love you here at the Sports Attention, mate. Chin up. You're right. We're, We're with you for the long haul. We've got you, mate. We've got you. Um, yeah, I am actually really keen on the I, – I, Ireland has had a very, very impressive yet cruisy start. Mm. You know, they were over the – I think they towed up Romania and then uh, – I don't know if they played – they played Japan or, or the 
Island. Yeah. Um. But um. Yeah. So they're up against South Africa next. Oh, so they had a tough um outing against Romania to start with. Yeah. Eighty-two to eight. So, yeah, um, got some harder days ahead. Yeah, so they got South Africa next. I think that's a massive game in the pool because South Africa are looking like that they're in a, you know, they're going to be in and around the discussion at the end. But I think Ireland, Wales, at this point in time, will be looking at this World Cup in France and going, this is a real chance for us to give it a shake. Yeah. You know, the All Blacks, you know, beaten by France, they're obviously still, they are still the All Blacks. Touchable though. Yeah, there's got it, there's there's chinks in the armour. And um, yeah, so obviously Ireland getting a couple of good, you know, solid victories early and then um, leading into this match against South Africa, I think it's going to be a really, really good game. Yeah, I think you could well be right, mate. <coughs> Pardon me. I am struggling here, mate. <laughs> All good. Right, yeah, we'll get through into the multis, mate. Into the multis. Into the multis. We're losing potty. Um, so, the uh, mate, I was two and three. Uh, the Wallabies let me down, so yeah. I, I needed that one. But uh, two and three, no pay. Mate, I'm zero from three. Obviously, Manchester United, I had them, which, you know, that's a, a, a debacle in itself. Um, I also then had the Wallabies, which you know obviously is what it is. But then I was I was I was zero from three, but I was inches away, but miles away because DK Metcalf was my third to get a touchdown reception, and I'm thinking DK Metcalf, high scoring game. On. I mean, it's it's as it's good as done. Tyler Lockett got all the food on yep. on the weekend. He was receiving all the dinner. And DK Metcalf was pulled down inches from the end zone uh, in one of the drives. And, yeah, unfortunately, I didn't get that either. Didn't get it. No pay. No pay. <sighs> What's the world come to when they won't pay out for zero from three? Mm. Um, penis of the week, mate. That time, the big one. Yeah, mate. So what the, do you got? There was a report coming out uh, during the Storm versus Chooks uh, match that um, there was a, a moment of silence. Um, so they're asking for not a minute, a moment silence, which I'm, I'm told goes for about 15 seconds. Uh, for Manly, great former Kangaroo and the first Maroons coach, John McDonald, who passed away last week. And uh, the fans um, started chanting during this back and forth at one another, Storm and Roosters fans apparently, so mm. making quite a bit of noise. Ah, uh, look, you know, I heard that and I get that it's not the crime of the century, but come on. It, it's a moment mm. of silence. Um, for me, a bit disappointing. Yeah, look, as somebody who, you know, aims to be as respectful as I possibly can, you know, I, you know, in moments of silence, I, it, you know, aspire to always hold the utmost respect for those times. But I think the Premier League has pretty much nailed it. Mm. You know, we can't rely on people to not be dickheads. And there are knobs, there's dickheads, there are people who are, you know, going to come in with a skin full and just think they're being funny. And the best way that they dealt with it, obviously it goes a little bit further in the Premier League because there was obviously chanting, there was yeah. obviously 
antagonising of opposition fans throughout moments of, you know, mourning or moments of celebration of one's life, that they went, you know what, we're doing it the other way. It is a moment of round of applause. Mm. So then basically you lose that whole silence. Yeah. And, you, you know, you would even... You can hear it on the television broadcast at times. There are people that call out and there are people then yelling out, telling them yeah. to shut up. Yeah, that's right. You know what I mean? So basically to eradicate any of that, they just go, rightio, it is a minute round of applause and people are giving a round of applause. Mm. And it's, you know, yes, you could go, oh, well, it's sad that they've got to do that, but it certainly, you know, drowns out any inappropriate or disrespectful behaviour. Mate, I like it. I like it. Yeah, so, but for those people who can't show respect, you're a penis. Your penis. Yep. Absolutely. Um, mate, my penis of the week is a one out of left field. And we've really, mate, we've given Aaron Rodgers his due, Yep. this podcast. However, medics at sports. Now, I don't know if you caught this when Aaron Rodgers got on the Medicab the other night, but... You know, the thought is, how can you trust people to look after our athletes, our highly paid athletes, if you can't even get the safety rail on the buggy to work? <sighs> like, how many times do you see athletes get... Like, Aaron Rodgers got on the safety cart and they went to put the, like, side rail. It's almost like, you know, the bed rail to stop your, your toddler from falling out yeah, of bed. Yeah. And they've gone to put it up and he couldn't get it to stay up, so he dropped it and then next minute Aaron Rodgers is walking into the sheds. <laughs> With a ruptured Achilles. It's like, I get that. He got in there eventually, but there's a lot left to be desired if the medics who are meant to be looking after these athletes can't even get a rail up. Oh, You're going, well, mate, what are you going to do to the poor bugger when he gets in on the, uh, <laughs> on the medical table? Oh, mate. So if you are a medic, and there's, I mean, there is... Countless amounts of entertainment on YouTube to watch people trying to carry others off stretches and getting <laughs> it wrong. So do yourselves a favour and check that out. But medics at sports, if we can't trust you, your penis. <laughs> All right, mate. Nailed it. Well, we've done it again, mate. Another one in the books. Now, before we sign off today, Potty, um... A request, junior league team, mate. Who was the former junior league team that you would run around with, mate? Uh, I was a Sawtell Panther. A Sawtell Panther. Have we had the Panthers before? Uh, we may have we done. We may have had yeah, the Panthers. Yeah, I think we had the Sawtell Panthers. Uh, great rivals, the Coffs Comets, so we definitely won't put them in Okay, there. no worries. <laughs> All right, so... Let's go with a Woolgoolga flavour for yeah, the, uh, I think the, so. the for the Costa, the yeah. the Cozzy and the Birda. Recently won the Group Two Premiership, I believe. First well, time yeah, the Rugby League, they mm. did. So, uh, for any of our listeners uh, in Woolgoolga, home of the Seahorses, we say good night and farewell.